What's up? I don't like how erect your microphone is. Oh, why not? <laughs> you guys don't have like a special intro or so generally <laughs> generally we sing our own intro so it's become kind of a gag because yeah. we get emails about people saying you guys should make a musical intro why don't you so then we intro? started well, yeah, like, so kind of figuring out figure, either some kind of music yep. we're like hey guys this is uh this is such a podcast and here's what we're talking about today now it's just yeah. our stubborn have you heard the ones we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now it's just our stubborn nature that we make our own. Yeah, we make we our own. <laughs> Most of the time. So every time someone clicks the play uh, podcast, it gives a, a brand new intro. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yep. Right, right off the cuff. Yeah. We we scat it 100. percent But uh, I th- it's com- it's up and coming. We'll get something. Yeah. yeah people ask works. so many times that we just started making our own. Well, that and then people were asking me about like outro too because we just start blabbing on. Do you want to start making an outro? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Anyway, maybe, guys. Maybe you just keep talking and just have it slowly fade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just just ends. <laughs> but it takes like 30 minutes to fade out totally. Legend has it. They're still talking. Yeah. They're still there. There's like 10 minutes where it's irritatingly too to low. To <laughs> um, if you guys haven't noticed already, we have guests. We have on guests. <laughs> yep. Dose of them, actually. Oh, yeah. That's two. We have, why don't you guys introduce yourselves from Ghost Tactician that we talked about last week and in one of their podcasts. Uh, Go for it. Yep. I'm Ryan Crumb. With me is my business partner, uh, Chris Damien. Two first names. Yep, two, two first, first names. names. Yep. <coughs> do you have a middle name? Omen. Yeah. I yeah. get that a lot. Do you have a middle name? I do. Alan. Oh my God, you're a Three. serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Uh, I technically have a second last name too. Oh what? my gosh. Yeah. Does it, it also sound like a first name? He's a hyphenated. No, no it's the only real. <laughs> right. yeah, it's the only real. Middle name doesn't sound like a. He's Damien Reddish. So. <coughs> I'd be concerned. So these are the guys that uh, did our uh, tactical training for pistol and carbine. Yep. Hello, cat. Um, Soon going to train us in the art of dick bite fighting. And is that right? Uh, I am an expert in that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a month-long training program. I want to learn. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can afford that. I would like a <laughs> pistol whipping class. I want to be just as dangerous with the back end of the gun. We do have like a little bit of a wreck yourself class where you, you can cant it sideways and do all your shots from the hip sideways. We actually mount red dots on the side of the, of the slide. Yep. That way you can really? hold it sideways. Yeah. I feel like I we can't need tell a, you guys an are un- like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. joking with me or <laughs> no, something. No, no, I feel uh, like uh, we need a, an unloaded pistol on the table just so you can show us different things. Even, I mean, mine's here. Even though we don't have I video, bring my gun with me, so we have unloaded here. somewhere oh, in this house. There's plenty of unloaded. There's two right there. <laughs> nope, one's out of there now. Oh, did you put it back? That's a mystery. Also classified. It's classified. All right. So you guys are from Ghost Tactician, <coughs> uh, right here out of Nebraska. Yep. <coughs> yep. And I know that I know you through our unit, mm-hmm. and then I met you through the training. But you are also. Uh, Part of the battalion. Yes. Yep. Uh, right. I'm part. I'm part of Alpha Company, second uh, of the 134th. Heck yeah. Yep. And that's our unit. So why don't you guys just talk about like your background, military? Uh, so I come <coughs> out of uh, prior active duty Marine Infantry Reconnaissance, and then transferred over to the Guard in 2008, and pretty much I tried to go a different route, get out of combat arms for a little bit, and I went into the mechanical field and. I fucking hated every second of it. I think it lasted about six months. And literally begged everybody I had to, offered to do sexual favors for anybody I needed to in order to get back into combat arms. And uh, found my way into the lurse. I had to do a tryout. 
got my way back into the Lurse and then have been with them ever since until they disbanded and then been infantry. Just gotcha. Straight, straight line infantry. After so, um, you don't have to tell us exactly what they do, but what exactly is LERS? So, LERS stands Could for Long Range Surveillance. Uh, the best <coughs> reference that I've ever used is, you know, for those that are out there for military or understand, have ever seen the movie Lone Survivor. Um, it's a pretty recent movie too, so most people... Yeah, most people have heard of it, yeah. you know, or, or have seen it, but uh, when you kind of watch that movie, that the concept of their operation, you know, they get inserted in an undisclosed location, they make a long-range movement to get uh, a vantage point to be able to conduct surveillance on a known area of interest to confirm the location of a high-value target. Uh, that would be a long-range surveillance mission. Hmm. Um, you're, you're going very deep behind enemy lines with minimal support, uh, long-range movement, conducting that surveillance, confirming that, um, you know, we call it critical information. <clears throat> they pass that up, and then based on that information, there's usually follow-on missions, things like that. So okay. that that's kind of what the concept of the LURS was, the difference between us and that movie is, you know, obviously they were Navy SEALs. Uh, they operated in four-man team. We operated in a six-man team. Now we're with the scouts. We operate in five-man team or nine-man squads. Um, so not much different, but hmm. yeah, that was kind of the concept. We were the on-the-ground um, intelligence assets, basically. Hmm. Wild. So That's yeah. pretty cool. Yourself, Chris? <clears throat> uh, yeah, so I enlisted uh, into the Guard in 2010. And I've been guard. I wasn't ever active duty. I was been guard the whole time. Um, I enlisted into the LURS. So same thing he was just talking about. We were. I was LURS before, for my entire car, uh, career until it got uh, disbanded and uh, then the infantry battalion got stood up and everything. So, um, but yeah, just to add a little more on to like what LURS does, it's it's very similar to like uh, the recon units of that are still up standing up today. Uh, the only I guess the only difference is we had a, a little bit, uh, the best way to describe it is we pushed a little bit farther beyond what would a, <clears throat> a battalion scout platoon would. We were expected to be way beyond our, you know, what essentially would be our front line uh, for a longer period of time and uh, had some sp uh, specialty in insertion extraction. So it'd be, be like inserted by helo cast, which which is you drop a boat out of the back of a helicopter and then jump in and you motorboat to uh, your insertion point and um, got to do some uh, spies and fries, which is like fast roping. And then um, you have a specialized harness that you hook into and a helicopter literally picks you up and flies you away. So we get some pretty cool uh, specialized insertion extraction methods. A lot of it was airborne operations. We'd a lot jump, of airborne, yep. jump <laughs> in, stow parachutes, and then just ruck out from there basically. Um, you know, if it was a target interdiction mission, which those were few and far between, but a lot of those, it was a lot of very silent movement into enemy territory, going to where we already knew, you know, high value target locations were confirmed and we were just, uh, what I want to say, I guess, executing and moving on type of thing. Gotcha. Uh, so that was a lot of the job to that, but, uh, um, the army and it's, uh, infinite wisdom has decided to shelf that type of operation for the time being, but I've already been hearing rumors that they're looking at trying to bring it back again. Yeah, the Army gets <laughs> really? these, uh, these good idea fairies fly around their heads and uh, tell them all these grandiose ideas of, you know, hey, we have technology, we have technology, and then some old-school, crusty Sergeant Major comes along and goes, what happens when we go back to peer-to-peer -peer warfare and uh, they throw an EMP at us and they 
dismantle all electronic warfare. Or they just shoot down our drone. Yeah. So <laughs> who are the guys then that are going to get us this priority information? And they're like, ah, shit. Yeah, we should probably fucking bring back the lures. So. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty wild. So you guys spend time downrange as well, deployments or? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a few. Um, I, I met Chris when I got back from Afghanistan, and okay. uh, I, I deployed with the Lurs to Afghanistan. Did some time uh, in the Middle East with the Marines, but uh, got back from Afghanistan and met up with him, and we've pretty much been together ever since. Since 2011, uh, he fell under me right away, and I kind of became his mentor and primary first lane leader for. Almost the last 11 years or 10 years? Quite a while. Um, we've always been in the, at least a minimum the same unit. There's a couple of times where we've been Different split teams, up from teams yeah. and split up. Um, but for the most part, we've always been in the <clears throat> same vicinity. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, so as, far, as far as myself, I unfortunately have never had the opportunity to uh, go to any combat zones with that. But that's not for lack of trying. But for sure. I, yeah. So when he... So when I first got in 2010, they uh, the unit we were in the Lurs was just getting just got to country. Yeah, Oct- we had October just, 2010. October 2010, we, we had just, just well actually November 2010 we'd gotten in country. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so I was right behind them as, as when I finished up uh, uh, all my training that I was doing, and originally I was told I was going to be doing a follow on with them, but it turned out they were actually already overstrung, so they were sending dudes back from the deployment. So. Didn't get a chance to go on that one, and then I volunteered for a the deployment. Uh, uh, is it the like deployment ag, was act, yeah, the like ag, ag mission? Yeah, the ag, it was yeah. actually an ag mission, but they needed uh, uh, security guys for their for their team. So uh, personal security detail. Yeah, person, basically, we'll yeah, essentially, personal security Ghost detail tactician. stuff. <laughs> so I volunteered for that one, and then again, the army, with in all of its infinite wisdom, decided to. Use big army units for which, their security. Which, when we were coming back in 2011, they were pretty much standing things down. We were the lost, like, combat unit, you know, there for security reasons, things like that. They were kind of handing things over to the Afghan army and all that and basically saying, it's it's your baby again, you know, take care of it and uh, kind of <clears throat> pulling us out. But it ramped back up a little bit. There's yeah. a few things that still go on here and there. I mean, I know we we got statistics after we left that, like, the crime rate attacks and things like that had jumped up some 38, 40% right after we left. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's back and forth, but that whole region of the world is, is like that, you know, it, it's going to continue to spread that way. So we'll be For back. Sure. He'll, he'll get his chance. We'll definitely go again. Yeah. And then with this, uh, constant standing down alerts, shifting us to a different, uh, organization and standing out the battalion, it keeps resetting our, uh, yeah, our readiness. Phase, yeah. So it's, yeah, Got to make some, at least a couple more years for that happens, but for sure. So when did you guys get started together? Like as far as a business, um, we have talked a lot about doing different ventures together or different ideas that we've had. We've always had a lot of the same interest with each other in the times that we've trained together. And, you know, we've never, we've never singled our skills out to just, uh, what the army has taught me is enough. We've always pursued <clears throat> other things and we've always pursued those other things together. You know, we've always wanted to go that extra step and get that civilian training or get some formal, you know, training from a prior SF guy or, you know, whoever, anybody that was offering anything that we thought we could afford and make it to, we would try to jump in on that stuff together. And it finally came down to it within the last year or two that I, I just told him, I was like, listen, I've, I've started this business. I'm building custom rifles for people. And, uh, I was working for another organization where I taught 
the EPPSD stuff at their schoolhouse for them, and they turn that over to a third-party contractor. Yeah. And which would be Pinkerton. Yeah, but what the E the anagram you just used oh stands uh, for. executive protection and personal security okay. details. Okay, gotcha. yeah. So I was teaching for Pinkerton. <clears throat> uh, I think Pinkerton is badass, just because I remember all the old uh, outlaw movies. I yeah, so they, yeah, <laughs> so they they kind of pioneered. You told me that I was freaking stoked. Everyone's wearing yeah. cowboy boots right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, just I, for Pinkerton. I get that too. So uh, I'm technically an agent for Pinkerton as well, and I get that too. Okay. So badass. <laughs> I, like, I, so I have a little, you know, a polo and a jacket and whatever I'm wearing. This is Pinkerton on it. They always get Pinkerton, like like the old West Pinkertons. Like, yeah. yeah. I've never I've never heard of it. So well, and it's funny because I pull like I'm I'm federally licensed as an investigator, so I pull my badge out. People are just like 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 I know you like show Pinkerton, me, like, Pinkerton, oh, so like cool. really, and yeah. <laughs> So, but I've I've been with them for a while, and and uh, but anyway, I was teaching. It was kind of a side gig to Pinkerton as an additional duty for my my <clears> role with them, and I was teaching out of their schoolhouse, and they turned it over to a different party, and uh, it kind of just went by the wayside with them. They felt like they weren't making money on anything, so I thought, well, I'm kind of already establishing the business, so I know the stuff, I know what it is, and you know, uh, I'm a marksmanship master trainer for the army and once i got that certification amongst everything else i've ever done you know i had armor certification heavy weapons leader course and small arms tactics things like that i mean we've just gone through infinite amounts of training with you know pistols and carbines and room clearing and all these things and you know i said uh, there's kind of a niche out there and a, and a little bit of that market's big where everybody's always teaching something but there's not a lot of companies that are diverse in what we're trying to be in the sense of that EP, PSD, you know, the executive protection, the personal security details, in addition to combat carbine, combat pistol, tactical shotgun, dynamic barricades, um, the whole CQB stuff, which is the close quarters battle room clearing, yeah, um, you know, fighting in and out of vehicles, things like that. So, so that's, that's what I think was interesting about you guys was that, I mean, I, you and I connected uh, when we were doing our training with our unit. Mm -hmm. And I know that I was just uh, coming down to the range for, you know, to get my own personal sort of training in yeah. while we were out there. And I remember catching you and I was just like, that is literally the best weapons training I've had in the army so far. Oh, and, really? it, and it for sure, oh, easily. I mean, it for sure was. Just on that range? Just on that, on the barricades. Oh. I was like, okay, we did a little bit of this, like buddy team live fire kind of stuff. Um, you know, you're you're pushed in, you're pushed out, and and you, I don't really think you get the same opportunity. Right, and, um, and that is kind of the, sorry to me to interrupt. You, no, but, sure. Uh, that is kind of the hard thing with big arm, like I don't want to say big army, but mm -hmm. you know, standard army units is you've got thirty to fifty <clears throat> dudes that you got to push through a training yeah. with you know a handful of instructors that are you know mm -hmm. either competent or certified, and these guys the people just don't get you know the, the training and the time that they need to. Yep. be proficient and get good at it so but so i feel like we're in a constant cycle of you know they say you know you know qu uh, crawl walk run yeah i constantly feel like we're in a crawl phase just because guys don't get the time <clears throat> and the training to be it's proficient not, at the job that they're yeah. like, wanting to be good at so it's just it's a constant battle we not a lot of one-on-one -on -one. yeah yeah right. and that, or even just like the small group sort of atmosphere well, and that was my thing too and, and i i use that as an example of how we set up our business you know i look at the the dynamic of trying to teach multiple soldiers you know you got 30 to 45 soldiers out on this line mm -hmm. and you're trying to give them all the same quality of training but it's like there's only so many hours in a day on a range and there's only so much time allotted for that range there's so much rounds there's so much time you know bullshit it, you have to get there's through. so many limitations and yeah. yeah you know you got to have safeties and you have to have a 
a range OIC and a safety officer and all this stupid shit that the army, you know, puts you got, to you it. You got time on the be off a range. Yeah, and you got to be the yep. range has to be closed up at this time, and all the brass has to be pleased up and cleared targets and whatever, and range control has to come out clear. And it's like, you know, when you once you're done and you get past all the stupid bullshit, you're like, well, that's four hours wasted right there in an yeah. eight hour day. Like I have nothing for training, you know. And I and I told you guys then too, um, you know, on the day that we were training, like I've mentioned that we we did a third of what I wanted to cover on that range that day. So yeah. there was just, there was nothing to it. And e- even then though, I mean, just because, and I don't know how much you guys know on my background, but I went basic training OCS. Okay. It's all the training I got. And I went directly into an infantry unit this year after commissioning in March. And it was like, so, you know, all I had was a training experience. Right. You know what I mean? Not a lot of real time experience or even just that training experience with an actual unit. And coming out of that, I was just like, holy shit. I, even though, I mean, on your side, you saw it as like one third of what you wanted to do. On my side, I'm like, <clears throat> I just got better training than I've had in the last two years yeah. of being here. Yeah, in. and I think that you was know? the realization we came to sometimes was, you know, we, we we're told training, people. We're training the time constantly and not the standard. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. when we started the business, I was like, listen, I'm all about the standard and and – People need that one-on-one time, that that face-to-face. You yeah, know, you're gonna get those shooters in there that aren't fully experienced and they've got questions and they want to learn techniques and things like that. You know, and I just I remember uh, I remember his reaction when I made eye contact with him as I keyholed the target and he just giggled. To yeah, himself. he was like, "No fucking way!" And it was like, "But yeah, I can wet. teach you how to do yeah. that." You know, <laughs> and I was like, "I can show you how to do that." And he was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, I want to yeah. learn." You know, and and. And you just don't get that in those other environments. But you also don't get that when you have that 30, 40, 50 people out there. For sure. So that was a promise we made to each other was like, we'll, we'll never take on a class bigger than 15. Gotcha. Always yeah. small group. Yep. Always yeah. small groups just so that we can <clears throat> yep. we can really put the time and the, and the quality of that training in. And I will say individuals. that's the same thing in like most even just training like a yeah, fitness environment yeah. Same thing. like if you have anything over 15 guess what someone's gonna get neglected and they're gonna wind up getting injured usually right. yep. so right. usually most classes are 15 some places have them at 20 but most places yeah they don't go above that for the same exact reason someone's gonna wind up getting hurt or not getting the instruction they need right yep well, and I mean, even and, and then and you notice it's not too, even as dangerous so yeah and then <laughs> and you we're notice, with live ammo like right <laughs> Yeah, we only work out with live ammunition. Yeah. So, oh my God, you fat cat. cat. Yeah, show that thing. Yeah, even even then, when you're in like that, just on a coaching side, and I'm sure this is the same way. I mean, we we noticed it just taking your classes that your coaching is never distributed evenly. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's always going to be somebody that needs more help and somebody. That, well, exactly. That yeah, there's somebody at a higher level of experience. Yep. Somebody who has no experience, <clears throat> and you know, some guys just get this. It clicks for them faster than others. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and that's a big thing too. You know, but and I think that's what makes the two of us such a dynamic team in this in this specific uh, industry in this in this t- line of work. I mean, I'm very knowledge based in it. I'm very diverse in it. I've been teaching it a long time, and so when it comes to teaching, getting conveying the message, getting it all out. Um, I'm, I'm good at teaching it, but nobody can demonstrate it the way he can, you know, gotcha. I, I, I can talk through it and he can show exactly. I mean, as I'm saying it, I'm picturing in my head as to how I want it executed and he can execute it exactly as I'm picturing it. And then it, it, it makes a solid team for us, for people to see him doing it. And they're like, and I can tell them like, this is what right looks like based on what I'm trying to tell you right now. For sure. But it's the same for him. He's he's a very dynamic teacher as well. So he runs his own business teaching 
gymnastics and tumbling and things Which like we're that. We're definitely going to talk about. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah. And so yeah, yep. I mean, so and and he. I wouldn't know shit about it. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't go to his gym and be like, well, I'm going to take over for Chris today. Like I've never done this crap. You know, I've never taught it for sure. Could have learned how to and probably could. Yeah. I'm going to demonstrate it for him. But then you you would know his intent as well. 100%. Yeah. mm -hmm. But I think, I think that's the best part about it is we both come from the same background of training and, Mm -hmm. you know, so it, yeah. So I'd I'd say, yeah, to touch on his point. Yeah. I've been shooting for a long time. I'm a proficient shooter. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I haven't been teaching this particular arena as long as he has. So he's, and he's very articulate. Yeah. So he can, he can say and get across his point exactly how he wants it done. And I just, and I can demonstrate it very well. So it, like you said, it just makes a very good team to, uh, so demonstrate cool. and yeah. Uh, yeah. teach that part, whatever portion of the class we're teaching. And so, I've never had any like formal weapons training. You know, I've only been on ranges or out in the middle of a cornfield somewhere shooting some random objects. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I felt I was safe while you guys were there teaching me how to do all these things. Yeah, and I mean, there's certain things that people show up and they start doing on their own kind of like, we didn't teach anybody how to break a gun, but it came very naturally to yeah. <laughs> You just fucked shit up, Dude. you know? <laughs> The enemies better watch out if I get a hold of theirs. Yeah, it's going down. Just grab their gun and break it. This, you're the you're, you're the you saboteur. Of the class, weren't you? I was shooting. No, I, I shot everything and I broke everything. He broke every I, gun I like that whatever, he touched. I, think, I feel like you were shooting like a. 40, we can't a we can't say that he shot one thing because I he had to rotate guns constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, felt so like it, I just felt like it was a, a larger like I I usually shoot a Glock 19, which is you know. Yep. I think uh, I wound up a semi compact kind of firearm. But I feel like you had a either a 17 or something something larger than a 19, and all I could think of is you know if it you know if it breaks and you can throw it at him and that's yeah <laughs> yeah well he, hurt, he had my I want, I want that he, class he had rented he had like a Glock 21 at one point he had the 45 yeah. cal Glock yeah. 21 and I was like fuck sake. I went through three if pistols if this guy breaks this thing like and five Jesus. or six rifles so. so did you make any did you make any money at all after that like considering repairs and <laughs> well I I just I'm grateful Labor costs, I'm grateful so. to yeah. the fact that I'm I'm an armor and I'm able to fix these things because. I felt so bad, dude. <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you break a bullet too? Oh yeah, that was. He did, he did bend a bullet pretty hard. I mean, he because uh, I was explaining like, hey, you gotta you gotta muscle that uh, that action forward and everything, yeah. and on the bolt gun. And, Don't tell uh, him that. He'll break anything he tries yeah, to muscle. I remember <laughs> I bent and you're like, I have never fucking seen that before. Get up. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't <laughs> get up. And I was like, okay. Well, it was like, how did you knock it out of there for one? And then two, to just fucking crush it in there after uh, that. Like, how do you follow through with that? But no, it was, sure. it was good time. And it, it was, yeah. I mean, one bullet's not going to hurt my feelings. You owe me a dollar 65. So, so fitness, gymnastic, tumbling stuff. Like how, yeah. One thing I didn't expect, but I absolutely loved was, and I, I mean, most of us there were <laughs> trainers or trainees, but there was like a, a, an actual fitness aspect to it. Yeah. I mean, we, you had to get up there and, and be under that sort of physical stress or running back and forth. A lot There's mental people, stress. A lot of people don't realize like what we do training for combat. It's, it's very physical. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. extremely physical. I mean, I, I mean, I'll let you talk to it, you know. Uh, as far like the just the, just the the what I want to say, uh, kind of acclimating your body to that type of movement. Oh, sure, yeah, and, yeah, and it's, I mean, there's a lot of runners out there, there's a lot of lifters out there, mm-hmm. but it's almost a combination of both. Where and I don't, I don't wanted to say more, more, more cardio than than lifting, uh, but you'd be surprised. And like, like if you're holding a, like 
holding a rifle up, you know, out in front of you, on, you know, on target for, you know, extended extended periods of time, like your your shoulders get like smoked. Like oh, you're yeah. tired. I mean, you guys think about just just the safety manipulation. I, I know mean, your yeah. hands probably cramped after my forearms, a while. My you know, hands, yeah, your forearms yeah. are smoked and everything like that, and so. You know, my, I, if you're hitting an if you're hitting an objective, you know, on and off real fast, I mean, you probably won't experience, you know, that type of muscle fatigue. But you know, in a in a class environment or a training setting, you know, the constant reps and the constant drills and yeah. you know, running back and forth, uh, you know, you can get pretty tired. You get pretty, you can get smoked pretty good. The, 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 the type of training we do is not, I mean, we're not in the gym lifting weights, trying to be bodybuilders, but we're not, sure. we're not on the track running, you know, I mean, marathons or anything. Chris is a big bastard. You were like, you're like, I'm a gymnast. I'm like, holy shit, I know, that's exactly, terrifying. That's <laughs> like, exactly what I just thought. I didn't know that you were teaching gymnastics and everything until just now. Yeah. I thought you were like a bodybuilder when you were Being, coaching us. Like, he's yeah. in a polo in there coaching us, and his biceps are bursting out of his polo <laughs> yeah. sleeves. And I was like, Being Jesus built Christ. like you are, and then also having, and all that's gymnastic strength. I'm like, <laughs> you're like an X Men. I'm like, that's <laughs> fucking terrifying, dude. Well, and that's, I was going to say, like, my, my girlfriend says it best all the time, and, and it applies to the two of us because we're we're not runners Uh, we're not runners. i mean can i run yes i can run you know and i can i can sustain a good pace things like that it's a little more of a struggle for him because he's he's a heavy guy i mean yeah you know he's a big dude and and i'm not a small guy by any means but i don't you know i'm i'm six foot two and 210 yeah he's five six 200 right (laughs) yeah so He's a bulky uh, guy. You know, I mean, get, if anyone looks, he's not fat. He's right, solid right, mass, but yeah. Right. But you know, he's not we're not out there bodybuilding and we're not yeah. running marathons, but you know, my girlfriend puts it best, you know, she's like there's those guys that are just built to be super duper strong and then there's those guys that are built to just be very very fast and then there's you guys and you're you're functional. You're built yeah. to be deadly, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's what we train for. We train to be deadly, um, to be able to manipulate our equipment and move what we need to move. That's pertinent to the overall mission for sure. You know? And so that's, that's what we train for. And, and that's, that's, that's something, I mean, our stuff's definitely not bodybuilding kind of stuff. I don't know how much we've even told you about kind of our side of stuff, mm-hmm. but it's like, so, all right. So you're in our house right now. You notice there's just nerdy shit, right? Yeah. Um, whiteboards everywhere yeah oh yeah we got people always comment and, on all and the whiteboards <laughs> under well yeah under this there's like a dungeons and dragons table okay so our, our whole idea was uh a how do we make fitness accessible to people that otherwise probably wouldn't step foot in a gym you know what i mean like maybe they're a little intimidated they're not used to being around people that are that are fitness oriented maybe they're oriented. dorks that just play dungeons and dragons yeah shit like that exactly else. yeah <laughs> <laughs> this guy yeah except for you're like you were you grew up super athletic though al uh, we don't have a fifth mic for alex right now so I'll relay everything you say in sign language. He'd be used that in be past tense for you to notice he grew up super athletic. Yeah. Grew up super athletic. <laughs> oh, he's he's coming back. There's yeah, there's always a comeback again. story. He's, come back. he's he but, started running and stuff again. But we're taking character classes, quote unquote. That um, was what, twelve years ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fifteen. Fifteen, 15 years ago, Alex. <laughs> uh we take like character classes and we um which we have monk, fighter, and brute, and we develop training schedules for like those character classes. I like that. So I think honestly, and I, you know, before I even joined the military, everything I did was with this idea, like, Hey, one day I want to join the military. I wanted to join. And I was that dude who, if I didn't actually do it, I would have said, Oh, I thought about joining, joining the army, blah, blah, blah. That, you know, I think we all run into and whatnot, which is fine for those people. But that was always my mindset was I had an avatar to train towards. 
if okay. that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was it was like a military person. So this is, I don't think anybody's going to be like, I'm going to be a monk or a, a fighter, a brute, whatever. But we're giving them <clears throat> an avatar to train towards that has some sort of functional application. And I think that's what's like really interesting about your stuff, uh, especially since, you know, there's, I mean, you guys are absolutely going to use it, you know, going downrange. I'm potentially in my position, maybe using it, probably not. But nonetheless, being a soldier, it's possible. You never know when you got to pick up the rifle and do the job. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Um, but, and even in that sense, you know, when we were leaving there, just to speak to your guys' credit, I was thinking about that. And I'm like, you know, the the potential of somebody running into a situation where they're going to have to use a gun is generally low. We live in a halfway decent society compared to other societies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to be, I want to fucking know what I'm doing when the time comes. Yeah, exactly. Of course I would want to know. And kind of going to touching on uh, his point earlier, he said, you know, you've been on the range or, you know, shooting in the cornfield, you know, at some, something I was having this conversation with uh, somebody the other day about, um, you know, just the use of firearms. I'm like, I'll never, I'll never like advocate for, <clears throat> you know, I know we kind of stick away from, you know, politics, but, you know, kind of just briefly on it, Yeah. Uh, you know, mandating, like I'll, I'll never, uh, you know, advocate for a mandating from, you know, a top down authority, yeah, understood. You know, get trained. You have to get training to buy a gun. Everyone has the right to, everyone has their God-given right to protect themselves. Yeah. yeah that's and, what the Second Amendment's all about. Yeah. yeah. And I and yeah. I always advocate for training, but I would never, you know, mandate. And, like, for the guy, like, you know, the hillbilly in the backyard, yep. you know, shooting at a fridge, you know, like, do I support his, you know, ability to defend himself? That guy doesn't know when he's got to yeah. kill a gator, you know? <laughs> he needs to yeah. know. Uh, absolutely. But I, should, I will always recommend, you know, getting the training to, you know, to responsibly use that firearm, you know, God forbid that yeah. situation arises where you have to use it. Yeah. And I mean, and I just know, you know, like I was saying, you, you're, you have, it's purposeful training. It has a purpose. Yeah. There's an actual situation or event or something that you want to be skilled and, and confident in. <clears throat> and that's the biggest thing I came out of that with was I was just way more confident with a weapon, which I wasn't, I wasn't unconfident with it, but coming out of that, I was like, holy shit, I got a certificate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like I, I felt, yeah, I felt, I felt much more confident with a weapon and, and especially in a situation where I might have to use it. I felt like, Hey, like I have, I have use now in a situation on a civilian side where, you know, this might be necessary well, and I and can protect myself and others. And I guess that's kind of what we were trying to bring to the table with all of this. You know, like I, I think about, you know, like I said, I hold the certification in the army. I'm, I'm a marksmanship master trainer. Uh, I have multiple friends that I went to the course with. I got a buddy. He's down in Texas. I think he's heading over to Italy here soon. You know, and I, I look at everything that he's doing. He keeps up with me. And, you know, he went through the same training course I did. But he knows my extensive background and everything. And he's like, I'm going to come up and take one of your courses one of these days, you know. Uh, just because, you know, yeah, we went through the same training. But that practical application of getting to use it and actually teach it, you know, the job is to teach shooters in the army as a marksmanship master trainer, but I can count on two fingers how many times I've actually gotten to do that job within my unit of assignment as the marksmanship master trainer on a range. You were present for one of them, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things where, you know, I think about that, but especially in our state, you know, Nebraska being so low in numbers and and I'll I'll call them out, you know, but there's only there's only three of us that are certified as marksmanship master trainers. One of them's fairly new, uh, Max McGuire. He's with the recruiting and retention for the state. Um, 
absolutely good shooter. We were on the we're on the Nebraska marksmanship team together. He's an incredible shooter, but he's like I, I know I, I know I know what I'm doing. I just don't teach the way you teach. You know, you have a gift in teaching. You need to go teach. You need to teach these. You need to teach people. You need to bring this knowledge, because then he went down and took the same course after spending a small arms firing school with me, uh, with the guard. And I was teaching all this stuff. He goes down to the same schoolhouse to learn the same course material. And he's like, you do a way better job of conveying this. You just do a way better job of teaching this. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what clicked for me. And I was like, well, I know what he's capable of. And I know if anybody can do what I'm trying to teach people to do, mm-hmm. it's him. So I'm going to go forth and teach this because everybody keeps saying, like, nobody else knows how to convey this knowledge and information. And there are people like yourselves out there that want to know these things. Whether or not you need it or it's absolutely important that you do know it, you want to know it. You want to have that skill and capability. And I think that those that, you know, can teach, should teach. Oh, absolutely. And and I think we know as coaches that knowing something and coaching something is definitely two separate things. I mean, knowing something is just about passing a test. Coaching coaching something is like, how do I take my knowledge and put it into somebody else's skill set? And it's it's tough. It really is tough. You, You have to be you know, to simplify really complex ideas. Yeah. Yeah. But even just what you said, like if, if there's somebody that like just needs something to be confident in general, holy shit, it's a way to come out confident. Yeah. I really, I mean like to, to feel your own ability to be powerful, you know, in a way that that's useful and positive and moral. Like, because I, I mean, yeah, we don't really talk politics, but Anthony and I pretty much agree on the second amendment. Like yeah. we're both second amendment, amendment supporters, you know, and and oh, yeah. I believe that it's a moral imperative yeah. to, that, to be able to defend yourself and others. That's something I'm hoping to, you know, build at least within Nebraska. And so, like, we've talked a lot about a military and, yeah. you know, training military guys. But, uh, like, Anthony has never been in the military, right? No. As, as far as I know, yeah. Um, one thing that we definitely want, at least uh, as far as, you know, I'm concerned, is, grow, is growing the shooting community yeah. within Nebraska. I mean, I mean Nebraska, <clears throat> no one, you know, if you go to West Coast or East Coast, no one knows where Nebraska's at. And nope. everyone yeah. thinks of us as, you know, dumb hill, hillbillies or rednecks. And sure, there are some of those here. Yeah. But what what do even do is in Nebraska? Yeah, Cornfields? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people. There's, there? there's quite Just a few drink? people here. And, you know, I would, I'd really like to, you know, build the... Uh, I don't want to specifically say the Second Amendment, but just the gun community and the shooting yeah. community within Nebraska, you know, bigger and, you know, provide quality training so people aren't just shooting in their backyard, you know, at a fridge or some <clears throat> random... Yeah, tree stump. Can we do that, Alex? Shoot in the backyard in city limits? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> I think it'd be frowned upon here. I mean, I'd, I'm sure it happens in this side of town all the time. Anyway. Oh, yeah. it happens, it happens whether we like it or not. It doesn't make it legal. Side of the house, it can't happen in the back of the house. Yeah. But just getting more like more civilians and more just people involved in for sure in in shooting in general. Uh, just to grow that that community because I mean that's the I mean like we've all talked about the Second Amendment that's that's the easiest way to you know help protect that is just getting people involved getting people realize you know it's yeah. it's important to know how to use a firearm if God forbid you know you have to use it and mm-hmm. uh, on top of that it's it's just fun like there's one thing there's very oh yeah I don't say there's very few things but there's a handful of things I'm very passionate about and you know shooting is one of them so being able to you know grow that community and get people more involved is just, you know, an extra layer of protection um, to help, you know, maintain that second amendment and, you know, your God given right to, you know, defend yourself. Sorry, dogs just came in. (laughs) I agree too. Um, 
I agree with Chris on all that. I mean, yeah, absolutely. to be honest, I feel uh, most people. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we Nova. got the the Fit AF mascot Novas here. <laughs> um, I think most people would love to get the training. I just think it's. I also just don't think pe- most people think that this stuff is readily available. You know what I mean? Like, and th- yeah, and that's our especially biggest thing here. Too, and I think that's what we're kind of going for the most is we want people to know that it's out there and it's affordable. That's kind of been our biggest thing too. Gotcha. Um, there's a lot of companies around here that you know they. Patrick Tucker, you guys talked about him. He just came mm-hmm. out uh, with me. We're all big fans of Patrick Tucker. Yeah. So yeah, yeah and he keeps <laughs> in regular touch. He's he's helping work through uh, some business things for us and everything. And um. You know, I just use his as a good example because there's companies around here that are like, oh, yeah, we do we do private lessons, personal training, private lessons with, you know, handgun stuff. And you look into it and you're like, well, yeah, you know, I want to get better. So what's, you know, what's four hours? You know, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's a hundred bucks an hour. And you're like, are you shitting me? A hundred an hour? So, you know, I look at it from the standpoint, if I hired on an agent uh, within my company and said, hey, come work for me, I'll pay 25 bucks an hour. That's good money. Any anybody would agree, you know, if I can make twenty five bucks an hour, that's that's good money. Oh yeah, yep. Well, <clears throat> if that's a fair market value of of anybody's time, I'm gonna charge a hundred bucks. You get four hours with me. Gotcha. You pay me twenty five an hour, and we'll I'd do. still pay you a hundred bucks an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean, we can cover anything you want to in four hours. And I'm, yeah. And and Patrick and I got a lot of time in. I mean, we got good quality time in. Yeah. And I utilized that time. I just finished building him a rifle, a custom mm-hmm. rifle for him. I don't know if you guys got to see that yet. I haven't got to see it. No. Yeah, so I built that for him, took it to him. Um, I've I've never seen anybody that erect like that. Uh, he had a pretty big boner. <laughs> he was pretty excited about it. And, uh, I'll let him know you said so. Yeah, no, I'll yeah. tell him. I'll tell him. And, he's the most uh, interesting man in the world. <laughs> Patrick Tucker. Yeah, he's a good dude. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he fired that rifle. Um Cause, and it all started, he just said, listen, what's your suggestion on a CCW? What's what's the perfect gun to carry? And I said, that's not a fair question. Everybody asked me that. And I, I yeah. said, I'm not saying that's a dumb question. I'm saying, how can I possibly tell you what you should carry? I can't say, go buy this gun. That's the gun to carry as your concealed carry. Yeah. You got to try it. You don't know. You know, I carry a, a Performance Center M2.0, um, <laughs> you know, shield easy 380 and people are like really a 380 and i'm like yeah it's one of my favorite guns to carry it's comfortable hmm. it fits me well whatever and he's like yeah i have a glock 19 with a sidecar like i have an additional yeah. mag right here appendix carry and everything and you know i look at that and i just think how the fuck do you hide that thing you know but that's it that's his that preference everybody's bastard. it's everybody's <laughs> preference of what works for you yeah you know and i look at my style and how i dress and what i wear and things like that and i'm like that would print like a motherfucker on me. Like I'm not going to wear it that way. So it, you don't know that till you try it, but you're not going to go out and just buy a gun and be like, well, that sucked. That didn't work out. So I'll just buy another one. You know, you're in the hole at that point just to figure out what you like. So <clears throat> yeah, I said, dude, pay me a hundred bucks for four hours. Let's go shoot. I'll bring out a slew of handguns. You can try them all. Tell me which one felt best to you. Try a hmm. couple holsters out, things like that. Now you know what you want. And He's off buying exactly what he wants now because yeah. he tried them all. So yeah. that's kind of one of those things, too, where, you know, there's a lot of companies around here that are like, yeah, these are all the things we offer. And you're like, fuck, yeah, let's do it. And then, Not only that, but, but you do quote, he could have lost a whole lot of money if he just went and bought a gun that either didn't work or sued him. Well, exactly. Hundreds yeah. of dollars compared it, to a hundred dollars. Test it out and then go get the one you want. Exactly. You I mean, now he's out. He's out a hundred dollars and he knows exactly what he wants. Oh, yeah. Versus yep. he could have paid hundred bucks an hour. He's out 400 bucks. Now he barely knows what he wants and he's still got to buy the gun. 
you know, to yeah. figure it out. So that's no, I, I I can definitely see why that would be important. It's like a, you're basically giving him individual attention on, on yeah. what he's going to be able to practice the best. hundred percent. So you have, you have, we took, um, combat pistol and carbon combat carbine. I know you've got inter- ish. You, you ish. guys took, you know, yeah. Cause we, we were, we had mixed the condensed version. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a mixed, uh, experience levels too. Right. So we were kind of trying to format yeah, so it, it there. Kind of, it, was, it was kind of a, uh, I will say we'll it was very thorough in, intro to combat pistol, combat carbine. Gotcha. And, I get, and you have those classes too. Yeah. Yep. The intro to combat. So you, and then we were just talking downstairs, I guess, just give us like kind of an idea of what you currently have and like what you're trying so we to started, put forward. So I started it with the intent to just teach EPPSD stuff. The, the okay. executive protection, personal security details is going to do an intro to that. But my intent behind it was anybody coming in to take these classes, they were already experienced shooters. Okay. And they were just going to that next level of training of, I know how to work my gun. Now I need to learn how to work my gun off of cover and out of a vehicle, fighting out of a vehicle, moving with a principal, you know, taking what I already know of how to use a gun well and applying it to these dynamic situations that are unnatural, you know, in everyday occurrences. Gotcha. You know, adding these variables to it. And very quickly, just in beta classes, I was like, holy shit, I got to go back to some basics here because... <clears throat> There's not a lot of people out there that are coming to take these courses going, no, no, no. I know everything there is to know about shooting. Yeah. I just want to know how to do EPPSD stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. hard when you're an expert. You think everybody already knows all the information. Well, it's, Even not the little I, stuff. it's not that I thought everybody knew. I knew there would be people out there that didn't know. My intent was I would only attract the audience that did know gun handling, things like that. Oh, gotcha. And they were taking these specific courses to hone that skill already being had, good had a shooters. target audience that you were looking to Yeah, bring and in. it's... It's just not around. It's yeah. not. It's not currently out there. So I was like, you know what? We and need. To, we need to broaden the target. Yeah. And that's kind bit. of the and kind of what I was kind of touching on as far as you know broadening the the shooting community in Nebraska is getting more people confident mm-hmm. and proficient with a firearm, and then they are more then they can take more you know higher advanced level of training, um, and then we get more you know more people that are you know proficient with the firearm to take you know advanced level classes and that kind of stuff. I mean, yep. if anything, to me this sounds like a bonus for you guys as well, because then you guys can open up for these beginning classes and then. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what it blew up into. And so to answer your question, um, we have, well, now we have, so we have basic intro classes. And I mean, this is like the Westo soccer mom hits us up and goes, I want to know what a gun is. Right. Hmm. And this so, is a gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so they show up and it's like, this is a gun. This is the trigger. These are the sights. This is the slide. This is a magazine. This is how you put bullets in. And I mean, we literally, we're going to spend four hours with them just telling them the basic safety of a gun and how it works before they ever put a round in it Okay. type of thing. And then they get two, three hours of shooting it. And then mm-hmm. it's like, all right, yeah. come back next week and we'll actually work on shooting now that you understand how to even touch a gun, you know? So, mm-hmm. We'll, we'll have it down to that basic dummy level and not to say they're dumb, but just that, you know, that complete inexperience of my dad never let me touch guns growing up. And now my yep. husband's gone all the time and I want to protect myself. I want a gun. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to have that. I don't think we're going to have a very wide or or wide base audience for that. <clears throat> you know, there's not going to be a lot of that. Those classes will be few and far between. That's going to turn more into kind of a private lesson type thing. That's gotcha. actually how I got onto the private lesson thing. Four yep. hours, hundred bucks. You get me for four hours. If you just want to learn the basics of what a pistol is and how to use it, that's all <coughs> we'll do for four hours. Um, if you just want to be a better shooter, bring some ammo in your gun and I'll just teach you how to shoot, you know, that gotcha. type of thing. So we'll do the private lessons. We'll do that intro to, you know, this is a gun. And then, uh, 
we'll have intro to advanced pistol skills. We'll have intro to uh, advanced carbine skills. And then we'll have kind of the combat pistol, combat carbine. We'll have a tactical shotgun. We'll have uh, a dynamic barricade <clears throat> class. Nice. We have the intro to EP. Then we have EP PSD level one, level two, and level three. Um, and then we're talking about trying to figure something out to do um, like a CQB type of facility, maybe get connexes or I talked to one buddy. He was like, Hey, we just tear down mobile homes all the time. You know, maybe you could come snatch up a mobile home. Like that's yeah. all our business does cool. is just destroy old mobile homes. Maybe there's actual squatters in it. Yeah. So, you know, you know live and, yeah. Practice. So live target <laughs> practice, you know, get some airsoft guns and have actual targets to engage. In. Um, and maybe from Force that, maybe from that we turn into like a run, hide, fight training type of thing. Right. Um, but it, for the squatters, I mean, we can yeah. offer them yeah. active shooter training. And so perfect. You can just give them some cash. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like a zombie fun. Like, here's a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. Here's a hundred bucks. Don't just one leave. small bag of meth. Yeah. Don't leave until you've been shot five times. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we might try to do some of that stuff. And then we've talked a lot about, we're going to start doing some night training, a lot of night optics training, you know, nice. having uh, NVGs, things like that. He's working on a new system of, NVGs he's putting together. I've got one set. He's got one functional set, and uh, we've got all the helmets we're putting together and stuff like that. And oh, that's killer! We're gonna get more into kind of tactical training too, where we're gonna offer that uh, that real tactical class of hey, bring your vest, bring your pistol belt, bring your holster yeah. and your rifle, your sling. If you don't have one, rent one, <coughs> provide it all. Uh, that's and we're gonna what you guys talking about? I was yeah, really excited I, about that one. Going back, you guys were talking about going yeah between yeah, your carbine yeah. and your sidearm. So I, like I yeah, and so there would be a, you know the tactical transition course mm-hmm. and then the buddy team movement stuff. So moving with a buddy and and understanding that um, you know fighting together side by side and and yeah. working off of each other basically covering each other as you go. So I think with the classes you guys did that combat pistol combat carbine, um, mm-hmm. each of those are going to turn into a two day class in and of themselves instead of trying to do one back to back like yeah. that. Uh, we actually kind of learned a lot from your guys's class of like this. We need more time on this, and you know gotcha. each of these could have been two days in and of themselves. So that's kind of how we'll pitch it going forward. So yeah. you guys got a discount. You're welcome. Oh, we loved it. I was about to say, <laughs> I was about to say definitely charge more if it's a two day course. Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, but I mean, th- that's also been our biggest thing is we were working points. out the kinks and the and what's the going on. The kinks and all that stuff. It's it's a lot of why we don't charge a lot because it's yeah. like, listen, we're not trying to say that we guarantee anything here. I feel like we got more than we paid for. Like, I mean, honestly, I I wouldn't bullshit you. And we appreciate that. People, people definitely say that. And we're like, well, that's good. But in the event that we get that one person that was like, that was a fucking waste of money. You know, I'd be like, well, you didn't pay that much anyway. Gets me all jacked up because you're like, you're like, oh, now it's going to be two days and we got way more we're going to cover. And I'm like, what the fuck else is there to learn, man? That's (laughs) awesome. Like, (laughs) let's bring it. It's a lot. I mean, I, and I don't know. And I write, I've been writing the curriculums and we're to a point now where, you know, he's ready to start teaching because there's going to be times where I'm gone and yeah you know when we launch the website the classes are going to continue and people are going to sign up for him and he's going to be like hey hey I'm gone at this school or whatever and he's like okay I'm going to teach it then and yeah so we're going to start writing an SOP out you know an actual standard operating procedure that breaks down the entire courseware and everything and um, one of the things we're going to do moving forward is like I write a curriculum I write an SOP we read through it we agree on it we sign off on it and then we're going to do it yeah. The two of us are going to, I'm going to teach him and then he's going to turn around and teach it to me yeah. and then we'll offer it to the public of that. Ah, this is, we're done. We're good with it. And we finalize this product and yep. we're selling it. You know, what about like personal home defense? Cause I'm sitting here thinking like, I want to pay you a hundred bucks 
to come to my house and no, I mean, obviously no live ammo, but teach me where do I want to defend for so my house? Was, where do I want to, what's my spot? Where's my entry? Exit that was points? kind of an idea he had a little bit. He talked about CQB and he brought up the whole, Hey, we should invest in really nice airsoft guns. Yeah. And that way we could run people through a house or a building or something, their like own that. house, That's you what, know, whatever. You know what I mean? And they can yeah, engage and stuff. And then from that I spanned into, yeah, we could even teach basic home defense stuff. Of, yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, love here's, here's kind of a, you know, a free tip of information for the listeners and you guys. It's when it, when it comes down to your personal home, once, once we get into the doing like actual, like, you know, CQB for those who don't know is a, you know, close quarters combat or close mm-hmm. quarters battle, uh, CQC and CQB. Um, once you understand the basic concepts, cause I mean, it's really not that the, the concept isn't that hard. But once you learn the basic principles of it and the concepts and you know, your own home is, you know, it's your dwelling, you know, that house better than any, you know, armed intruder. Yeah. So clearing your own home, you know, in, in that situation is you have that upper hand already. Cause you know where the corners are at, you know, your layout of the home. So being able to flow quickly and efficiently through, your own house is going to benefit you and uh, make it, you know, you have that much tactical advantage because you know, you know, your hiding spots, your, your corners, your rooms, where, you know, where each, you know, each thing is. So it's going to make it that much uh, easier for you to clear your own home. So, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd say, you know, your personal dwelling is the easiest, uh, you know, close quarter battles, yep. you know, situation you could be in because oh, yeah. you know that layout. I mean, I just know like on the, on the personal fitness side, the question, and I, Anthony's probably the same way. The question I get almost all the time is like, well, what are you doing? Like, what's, what's your personal plan? You know what I mean? I know. I always hate that question. And that's, and it's like, okay, well that's not like what I'm doing is not what you should be doing kind of thing. Exactly. But I understand what they're saying. They're saying like, what would you do if you were me? Yeah. And that's like, if, if you were in my house, like, Hey, someone's intruding through my front door where would you go? Oh, like, sure. I want to yeah, pick sure. your expert brain about, and, and that kind of goes to like, mm-hmm. you know, once you've learned the concepts and basic principles of, you know, CQC and CQB yeah. and you have that understanding of, okay, I, you know, I shouldn't be standing right in the middle of a doorway because mm-hmm. that's an easy place to get shot. It's a, it sounds like this night's going to end with us teaching them how to clear their house. <laughs> Definitely. Also, uh, we're all going to get on call of duty and you're going to teach me how to win there too. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, when, once you understand, you know, cause in most houses, you know, most houses have the basic same structure. You know, there's rooms, there's a front door, there's a back door, yeah. you know, so on and so forth. But once you went like, you know, going back to like, what would I, like, what would I do? Like, well, the, the concept, the, the, the information is going to be the same, whether it's me or you, once you understand the, you know, those basic concepts, you're, you know, what, as long as you have those, those concepts, you could, you could clear this house and I would clear the house back to back and they would look almost similar as gotcha. long as you have that basic concepts of you know, where you're going, what you're doing. The advantage that we're going to be able to give you as the homeowner and, and something that we talk to that most CQB training doesn't talk to, but in the realm of specifically home defense is like where your soft walls, right? You know, the difference between a load bearing wall and a drywall, right? Yeah. You know, a mm-hmm. soft wall, you know, you can use that to your advantage. You know, I come into this house with the intent to rob you blind and kill you. I don't know your soft walls. You do, you know where you can hide and what you can shoot through. Right. So now you have that advantage. You also know where the load bearing walls are. So if I'm coming at you, you know what wall to get behind that's going to provide cover for you. So that if I start engaging you and try to blow through a wall, I, you know, which one's concrete or, or reinforced or whatever. I'm in the safest room. 
the so, basement. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it's that type of stuff that we would teach. I am also trapped. <laughs> well, and so that's, and that's the stuff we talk about because, you know, when it comes to the home defense or even the CQB, the intent behind it is that when you enter, you're always pushing to exit, right? Your, yeah. your entire tent from the, from the moment you get into that space, your intention from that point on is to work out of it. Okay. So you're clearing as you go with the intent to leave. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So that's, that's the entire intent behind the whole structure of your training and what you're going for there is, is to, to make that exit. Well, exactly. And that's what comes into play also. I mean, you have to look at, you know, what the laws say and everything. You, you have to make a genuine effort to get out at all times. It's not until you find yourself trapped you, in a corner. Yes and, yes and no. Yeah. To, well, yeah. And that, it's for, gray, for, right? for Nebraska listeners. Yes. Nebraska has a, you know, duty to flee state, meaning that if you're out in public or like in a restaurant or, you know, shopping in the mall. But then they also have castle law or whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah. if you're if you're in one of those public places, you have the, the duty to flee if you are able to. Okay. But you do not if you are in your personal dwelling or place of work. Oh, so your so own home or work. It's like can... a, it's kind of a mix between, you know, you know a duty to flee <laughs> and a castle doctrine state where really if you're in your own home, you ha- you it's your dwelling. You you have every right to. Defend you know, you, your, yourself exactly. and your property. Yeah. Your life is in danger. But, it's, but it's just like work. But it's why when you get active shooter training at work, whatever it may be, you know. No, I'll definitely they, don't double check on that law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 99% it's, sure it's, that's what it is, but yeah, but it's, it's why they teach the, it's why right. they teach the, the run, hide, fight. Like you should attempt to run. You should attempt to get out. If you yeah. can't, you hide if, because you shouldn't aggress them in any way or provoke them. If you can't hide or they find you, then be prepared to fight, you know, gotcha. fight for your life. You have every right to defend yourself. Um, so that's why they teach that active shooter, that run, hide, fight scenario type stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's what you guys taught us. And you and our tactical ones, like, you know, like we were and everything we were was to break contact, break back, away, backing yeah. away as best we can, yeah. covering each other. as we're Well, because out. we teach everything from an individualized standpoint, you know, in the army, we, we understand we fight three to one odds. Right. So if three soldiers to one enemy is the upper hand that's called overmatch that's how we fight mm-hmm. okay so if if there's a nine man squad out there and we can assess that the enemy has four we consider ourselves outnumbered we don't know what the reinforcements are and we don't know what their weapons capability is but if we can assess that there's three of them on the ground small arms there's yeah. nine of us they're outnumbered we're fighting 3 to 1 odds so in our dynamic of training through ghost tactician, things like that, it, it's all individual based and maybe to the level of buddy team based. So your entire job really is to, to fight away, fight to cover and, and fight off of the, of the objective, if you yeah. wish, you know, or, or the situation to fight out of it. It's to, it's to constantly work your way out of that situation. You know, just like the CQB, once you enter, the intent is to work your way to an exit, you know, push through and yeah. get out. Cause we did the buddy team fires together where, I mean, for those that aren't listening, it's basically like, how do you sh- shoot, move, communicate with yep. somebody else? Yep. Um, we were choking on the way home too. We we're like, I feel sorry for anybody that tries to break in our house now. <laughs> Cause now we know how to work together too, a little bit, like doing yeah. the same stuff. Like, and that's, and that's a big thing, learning to talk through stuff and, and communicate yeah. with each other and everything. And it's like going to throw pistols at everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing full size 45. I'll break it real quick. So <laughs> you're going to break the pistol guns. and then Boomerang throw it. Them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe she should invest in some like throwing knives or something. Yes, I need we it. have some downstairs. <laughs> that, th- that I will teach you. I can yep. teach you throwing knives. That'd be bad. What? Or tomahawks. Yeah. That'd be oh, yeah. I love dope. throwing knives. Oh, my bad. God. We can do that for sure. I feel like every interaction I have with you, 
I'm just like a little more terrified of your skill set. Like, <laughs> like, okay, now he's deadly with throwing knives too. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Are you like a black belt in something? No. Well, that's none of your business. Dick yeah, fucking <laughs> can't disclose that. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's great. So fitness side, like gymnastics. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, I mean, you're texting me about rucks and stuff like that all the time too. Like, yeah. So we plan to at some point next year. Um, summer or fall time frame uh, integrate into ghost tactician maybe like an annual um, tactical like a like a fitness combat challenge okay type of thing you know you're you got to ruck in with your weapon um, you know you'll be challenged in ways that'll fatigue you a little bit oh my god you know I'm so stoked <laughs> dragging dragging a buddy along and engaging targets you know having yeah. to you know move sandbags or something toss tires uh, work to and from barricades, you know, sprint stuff like that. We might try to set up like a like a obstacle course and maybe a a uh, like a route, almost like a like a route race type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. move from point to point, and as you get to each point, you have to complete some type of task and then engage targets, so on and so forth. Pick up and move on. So you're talking like a like these five k hardways or Spartan races, but it's all shooting at the same time. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of tactical based. You know, okay, um, that'd be cool as hell. Yeah, so we'll either do we haven't decided if we're going to do like buddy teams for it, like sign up as a team and your team has to work together. Yeah, uh, engaging you know targets and and manipulating situations, or if it'll be individual based or whatever. So it, please tell me you're going to make training plans for this. That would be the shit. It really would be. Yeah. Uh, like if you wrote up a, like a, hey, six months, we, this is the date. You know, here's our three and six month training plans as sure. far as like your fitness level. Yeah. Dude, I would do that. Yeah. So um, I, I'm i not doing it now. I've kind of stopped for the winter. I was I was supposed to be gone out of school for a period of time and, and ended up coming back early from that. But I was doing uh, ruck marches, like group rucks. Every yeah. like three days a week, every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, and and that'll start back up again probably in March. But uh, we were increasing distances every time and things like that. And it was yep. the intent behind it was to be that train up, you know, add weight each time, go a further distance, you know, with the same weight, or you know, go less of a distance with more weight. But yeah. you know, you're kind of just acclimating your body and building up to that, putting yourself to that stress, and yeah, you know, we'll add stuff like that to it. Um, I bet, I bet people would eat that up. I mean, that purpose driven training, you know what I mean? Like you're actually yeah. training for an event. You're training for a goal in mind. Yeah. There's a lot That's of uh, places right now, actually, after we did our tactical training, you know how your phone always listens. I got like a bunch of things from the <laughs> ISSA about tactical training certifications <laughs> and everything like that. Right. Yeah. And so I, I think the stipulation behind it though, and the, and the thing that's going to make it difficult is we're going to try to narrow it down to, Hey, you've got to show that you've already been to some of our tactical courses, yeah. you know, like safety, you know, complete, complete our combat carbine and our combat pistol class before you sign up for something like this. Cause you know, I don't want the Westo soccer mom. That's like, I'm a crossfitter and I'm super fit and I can do this. And then she gets out there and she's like, when the fuck did we get guns? You know, and, <laughs> and she's just shooting in the air at whatever and doesn't know what Here's she's your doing. Gun. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, you can rent a gun here if you don't have one. And they're like, I guess I got to rent one. And I was like, what do you mean you guess? guess? You know, I so, say, yeah, we, de- we definitely don't want to, you know, just open it to anybody yeah. that shows up. And they're like, I think I could do it. Yeah. Like, well. All right. Well, so yeah. I, I got to ask because I'm chomping at the bit. Gymnastics. Yeah. How'd you get into this? Did you compete? Like, what's the, give yeah, me the background. So, or, yeah. So I started gymnastics when I was four years old. Okay. 
Apparently, as the story goes, I mean, because I was four years old, I don't remember it. Uh, apparently, the Olympics. Legend has yeah, it. Legend, legend has, has it. it. <laughs> according to me. Uh, according to my mom. <laughs> gotcha. My mommy. Uh, <laughs> great woman. Love her to death. But uh, apparently, the so Olympics are on TV, apparently. And I was young watching it. I'm like, hey, that's what I want to do. So after that, you know, my mom uh, started looking up, you know, uh, clubs to do it because it's uh, for like in Nebraska and it's kind of a, I don't want to say it's a, I, I mean, it, it's kind of a dying sport just because the, the it, every, every, every four years, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every four years, the you know, Olympics on, then you, know, you see an uptick, but for the most part, it's kind of a dying sport because it doesn't get the, you know, the media attention or you know, the mm-hmm. TV attention is like football or baseball. Well, and it's fucking hard. Well, that, I mean that too. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's some of the toughest training out there. It's it's what? definitely a, a an, an athlete. You have to be a, a well-rounded athlete to to be a competitive gymnast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, started when I was four, and I uh, continued through throughout high school and competed for a couple years at the University of Nebraska. Really. Um, Very nice. So. No, one hour. Hell Dang, yeah! Time flies and you have. I love it. Damn. But uh, yeah, I did it for a long time. Coming for you, Hebrew Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, competed. They, uh, they trained him too. If you guys didn't know. Yeah, he was with <laughs> us. Um, at the uh, so it's called the JO National, the Junior Olympic Nationals. Did that a couple mm-hmm. years. Made a couple region, region four teams. Um, what were your events? Uh, so, uh, growing up, you know, through you know uh, elementary, middle, high school, uh, I competed at every, all events. So there's six events in men's gymnastics, which is floor horse, rings, vault, p bars, and high bar. Okay. So gro- growing up, I did all that stuff. And then when I got to college, I, I still uh, trained everything, but was uh, looking at was only competing uh, vault, P-bars, and high bar. Okay. All right. So side question, Nick Nolte. Have you seen the movie Peaceful Warrior? I have actually, ne- I know it's a gymnastics movie. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Um, but I have I not have ever either. seen it. No. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Nolte from Omaha. So I figure oh, I had to, never had to it. say it. But. I actually don't. Was he? Is he you an don't actual just gymnast? Do, you don't Nick just Nolte? Do no, he's no, an actor. He's like, he's okay, like he's the coach actor. in the okay. movie. So yeah, because yeah. like I said, it's kind of it's kind You've of. Seen a, it? I've seen parts of it. I, yeah, I know no. what it's about. It's a yeah. uh, gymnastics is a pretty small community. So like yeah, I I pretty much know most of the either big names or you know guys that have been doing it long enough uh, in the Lincoln yeah. Omaha area. Um, so. You know, uh, Lincoln or actually Omaha's, you know, produced quite a few Olympians uh, in gymnastics. Really? Yeah. There's a gym in Omaha called Cahoy Gymnastics. Okay. And uh, it's at least it's produced at least three Olympians. Gotcha. Yep. Hmm. Around the uh, eighty, the eighties, eighty four time frame. Because I'm, I did not grow up an athlete. I grew up a solid, like fucking fat nerd. <laughs> yeah. And even when I was skinny, I was a fat kid. But <laughs> I. All, all the calisthenic stuff, the gymnastic stuff, and like, and I train out on the monk side. I mean, we don't go to yeah. the level of gymnastic. It's definitely suited for individuals who are like, hey, I like that style of training, but I don't expect to be, you know, at that level. Yep. But nonetheless, like, it's just the coolest stuff. I mean, it's so you're manipulating your own body. Yeah, you know? it's. Uh, I like to describe it as you know, a lot of times they're you know defying the laws of physics. Like that's what. Yeah, it's like you have an agreement it's only, with gravity. It's, you know, and I, and I did it my entire like most like I've either did it or I've been coaching it my entire life now, and even you know today with the it's it's still continuing to evolve. Like the things that I was doing in college, as far as you know, what would be considered a difficult you know skill or routine on the uh whatever event it may be yeah now like today you know 10 years later after you know 11 years later after i stopped doing gymnastics you know there are kids that are in high school that are 
you know, doing that, my, my college level routine. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like when, when is the progression and when, <laughs> when does peak physical ability like stop? Cause mm-hmm. like there, there are guys that are doing, you know, skills on like floor and high bar that are like that at that time when I was in college, like you, you would think you're like, that's, that's not possible. Can't do that. You can't do yeah. that. There's no physical way possible. You can do that and either land it or, you know, grab the bar again. But lo and behold, people are doing it, and it's it's mind blowing to me. I'm laughing still. a lot because Adam was in a similar thing a little while ago. He was telling me he wanted to be able to do an Iron Cross. <laughs> Actually, I guess, <laughs> and I was I like, dude, a, you're uh, way too big, and like the world record's like 15 seconds. Like, dude, you. you it's, it's so he actually has a question. picture. Yeah, I actually have a photo of, my, of on my Instagram doing an Iron Cross. How long dude. do you hold it? That's oh, ass, not dude. very long. It's dude, like it's. You have to be so freaking strong. It's uh, Iron Cross. Yeah, I came it, upstairs like all jacked up. I yeah. was like, I was like, it was yeah, bro, least, I'm gonna do an Iron Cross, and he's like, no, you're not. It was least, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna tell you the truth now. It was at least, <laughs> at least a few seconds. It's not happening. Uh, whenever you do, whenever you, like for on a ring routine, uh, for you know, because you know, score as far as deductions and that kind of stuff, you have to hold each strength skill for at least three seconds so uh it wasn't you know 15 seconds for sure yeah. that, it wasn't that that's, long i think three that's seconds is my record right for now. holding anything so <laughs> is the, uh Wings. you still only do gymnastics or did you have this stuff so so once i so I, I did two years at the university of nebraska uh i wasn't like the most amazing gymnast you know i was good but i wasn't amazing and when you get to college there's a lot of guys that specialize in you know a couple events only mm-hmm. kind of like i was you know, only competing a couple events, but mm-hmm. I was training everything. There are guys that, you know, they only do like one or two events and you got a couple all rounders, but, uh, so I wasn't on scholarship or anything. I only had books paid for. Gotcha. And, uh, it's like half your tuition anyway. Yeah. Shit. yeah but yeah, kind of, yeah, books are expensive, but, uh, I got to the point like, you know, I don't want to be, you know, 40 to $60,000 in debt when I get out. So I started looking at the military and I originally thought about going, uh, ROTC, through the gotcha. university and I don't know if it was the ROTC person. I can't remember who, who, who I was talking to, but they convinced me to enlist first, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get to get that, you know, enlistment experience, yep. uh, get the, you know, good uh, training and that kind of stuff. So end up enlisting in, uh, 2010 left for basic on June 6th D day of 2010. That's pretty cool. Um, and then after I got back from my training and stuff, uh, you know, since I wasn't deploying, I started looking, you know, for job. And, you know, one thing I've always loved is gymnastics and coaching. So cause I, my first coaching job was at 16 years old. So I started at the gym I competed for, wow. um, just started helping out with like the younger guys, like the, uh, the beginners classes and that kind of stuff. And just kept going from there. And once I got back, um, none of the gyms were, were hiring at the moment. So I actually started coaching uh, cheerleading, uh, really? since, you know, competitive cheerleading has a lot of tumbling that's involved in the floor. Uh, started teaching uh, some some tumbling at you know some cheer gyms, and it eventually grew to the point where I was doing enough you know one on one private lessons that uh, I started working at a it's a gym called Brigada in Lincoln. Gotcha. Uh, it's brigade in in Italian, but uh, it's a good buddy of mine opened up the gym because he was doing private lessons too, and so I started coaching there uh, pretty much full time uh, last year at some point. And now I teach, you know, all, you know, all kinds of stuff. So I teach, you know, I have a couple of gymnasts. I teach some dancers, you know, some air, some acrobat skills, <clears throat> some cheerleaders. Uh, I've worked with some, some wrestlers and soccer players that just either a just want on a backflip or, you know, just want to uh, improve their flexibility and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I've worked with some swimmers, 
I can saw you know, kind of all crossfitters. Right. Uh, I actually have, yeah. That's a figure. So some random some, personal trainers that want to do an iron cross. Yeah, that too. I want to come teach me how to do backflip. That's um, what I want. Yeah, I mean, I also want you to teach them how to do a backflip. Yeah, yeah. Come, to, come to Lincoln. I'll come to Lincoln to the gym. I'll, I'll teach you. Uh, you know, we're actually doing so well. We're actually getting ready to expand uh, next month really? uh, into a larger facility, and we're going to add. Uh, Very nice. You know, actually a weight training area, so we'll have like free weights and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize this either, but like we do have a lot of the top CrossFitters in the nation. Like yeah. the Masters division, we have the guy who's won it the last five years, Kassenbauer. Uh, I think I can't remember his last name, but he he's the one who owns uh, the CrossFit gym out in Gretna. And Some then uh, Travis Stoltzel, the guy I used to I used to coach under at Forge Athlete, he's placed like top ten, I think the last like the last few years before he became masters. Now he's like in the top five in masters. So. Yeah. So that's a big part of CrossFit is, is gymnastic moves too. Oh yeah. yeah there's, and there's, and, that, and I have worked with a couple, not a ton, but a couple CrossFitters that, and, and that kind of go into my, my only beef with CrossFitters is that they call, you know, a muscle up a it's, you know, in gymnastics world, that's a, that's a kip. You're not, you're yeah. not muscling anything. You're, you're kipping your body up to the oh, top of the bar. Yeah. Yeah. It's an explosive movement, not mm-hmm. a muscle movement. So yep. it's, you're it's not strict. It's not a muscle up. Um, so I've taught, you know, some people how to do it. everywhere yeah. just got extremely mad. I know, but yeah. they probably did. They're probably how dare like, this guy, how dare he? Yeah. Yeah. But, we just uh, lost 10 clients. Too bad you're deadly. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've taught some CrossFitters, you know, in their world, a muscle-up, in my world, a kip, yep. uh, up to a bar. Um, hand, handstand walks, they, they still do those in CrossFit games? Yes. Um, that's actually my week. That's, like, the only thing I don't know how to do so the, <laughs> as the, far my, as CrossFit so movements. The, the, what I see all the time well, in CrossFitters is – they do these Hanson walks and their body is like this big old gangly floppy noodle. Yeah, dude, they that, look like one of those like yeah. wild they call arm man. Like an octopus or some spider looking <laughs> thing trying to trying to move their body down, you know, a runway. And I'm like, that is so inefficient. Yep. It's slow. It's, yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 like something out it's of the, the wor- it's the worst possible way you can do a, a It would be like walk. flailing your arms while you're running. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just that's not, working completely. That's not how you run. And well it's not how Anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've worked with a couple of them on like fixing their proper like proper handstand form, and okay. you know engaging the proper muscles to be more efficient at it. So, um, well, because that's the thing is it's control. Yeah, it's like it's both control and mm. flexibility. So and, yeah, it's a, yeah, and it's actually yeah, it's some, some shoulder flexibility and uh, mm-hmm. some uh, lat lat. Uh, yeah. You know, getting being able to extend through your shoulders and actually get a, a, a taller handstand. Yes. Uh, you're you end up you're using less muscles to you know hold a handstand, which is yeah. you'll get less fatigue. You'll be able to go farther and longer. Yeah. So so that's kind of the thing I've noticed. Like um, I've been coaching for almost a decade now, and like uh, a lot of people who I have coached have been former uh, gymnastics mm-hmm. or something at some point in their life, and they are always much better at like being able to do any movement I teach them because they're able to use their body. They know how to move their body. Yeah, and they have they are able to create the tension in the places they need to essentially mm-hmm. in order to do it like i've like uh one of the best people i've ever seen like just pick up things is this old man his name is joe harrison i hope he doesn't listen to this and get offended <laughs> but uh he's like ex-marine um uh did gymnastics when he was younger went to the marines came out and then he was into bodybuilding for a while and he started doing crossfit over here at forge athlete with us and uh yeah the dude uh He's a freaking monster, but uh, you can tell because he he does strict muscle ups, even like when there's like kipping in the yeah, workout. Yeah, dead hang. Yeah, just like yeah. dead, Whew. like ring bar doesn't matter yeah. what it is. Strict 
handstand walks perfectly upright just walking down able to do parallel like uh handstands all this other stuff mm-hmm. but like he's also one of the best crossfitters in the gym even though he'll tell you he's not but he's strong as hell yeah he can keep so much tension and everything like that i just think it translates over to everything really and, that, and that's one kind of thing that you know staying on this fitness topic is you know we talked about bodybuilding and gymnastics and you know that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and being a gymnast for so long and then getting out you know i dabbled a little bit and i don't want to call it you know bodybuilding but i focus more on building muscle than you know you know training like an athlete so mm-hmm. it's i i've definitely i went back when i was you know in a college athlete i weighed about 165 pounds you know maybe 170 but i was usually averaging between seven to six percent body fat so i was lean I was really strong with my own body weight. Yeah. Um, I can't do half the things I used to be able to do, which is, you know, kind of depressing, but at the same time, I'm a lot stronger in areas that I never was before. Yeah. Um, cause you know, being a gymnast, you, you never, you hardly ever train with, you know, free weights or, you mm. know, lifting. It's all body weight exercises. You're, you know, you're doing handstands, you're doing, you know, planches where that's where you're holding your body upright yeah. off the ground with your, just your arms. Yeah. Um, you have that built in the monk. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so stuff well, assisted yeah. 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 yeah and and, and it's something that you, you have to work up to because you know oh yeah uh i mean i try it's, it's all about power to weight ratio so like i said yeah. you know, i was 165 pounds you know really lean but i was really strong with that with that 165 so mm-hmm. um I, I couldn't bench or squat very much but you know once i you know quit doing gymnastics and you know focused on more of um you know, Olympic, you know, Olympic lifts, you know, that muscle building style. That's what I was going to ask you. Know, you like, I, what do you do I, now? You know, I squat, you know, around 405 and, <laughs> there we go. you know, bench over 300, <laughs> which I never could have done, you know, as a gymnast. You know, it's just a different kind of strength. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. It's like, you don't look like you just do gymnastics anymore. <laughs> I, yeah. I have to imagine, though, that like you're, because it's so cerebral, gymnastics. I mean, you're, yeah. you're executing high level skills, mm-hmm. very, very high level skills. Well, I mean, like picking up weight, you got to you got to be mindful of what you're doing. But if you tell the average person, like just from the coach's mm-hmm. perspective, like, hey, get that weight over your head. Often they find 99 ways to do it wrong, but still execute it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's not possible in gymnastics. So like, no, to, you, yeah, you either flip or you can't. Yeah. So <laughs> I, to make a short story long on it, like I have to imagine like your your attention to detail comes and, back to like what you guys yeah. do. And, you know and, and, that, I mean? and that's why, you know, gymnastics is such you in order to be good at it you have to start young and you have yeah. to and that's My why heart does not really a lot yeah yeah <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can still flip yeah you'll be able to you, flip. You, yeah to, to be a whether you land on your neck yeah. or not <laughs> uh and it's such a it is it's such a technical sport that there is not really an off season like we we train yeah. all year round six days a week you know three to four hours a day yeah just because it takes so long for that that muscle memory you know you have to you know to, to train it and get to that point where you don't have to think about it quite as hard yep. and long as when you're, you know, performing a, a set or anything like that. So yeah, well, um, to, like that same muscle memory though. I I bet like, I mean, I don't know, but you tell me like the circuits in your brain that were like, hey, how do I get into this <clears throat> position? And I'm I'm making a you know yeah, a weird a two sort of <laughs> position, but is the same thing to get in holding yeah. a pistol yeah. or something like well, that. Well, and it was why, like, I don't know if you guys remember when I taught you the course, like I said, hey, from this point forward, you're going to hold your hands like this in front of you, Yeah, yep. you know, for the pistol. And it was, yep. it was 
Which it was we exactly hundred percent of the time. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent of never. Yeah. And uh, and so and I used to like just draw pants every time I was teaching classes. I would stand there for a second, just holding my hands in that position, and then slowly but surely you see it start clicking as other people are like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Get our hands and then they start looking at each other and like, "What the fuck's everyone doing? Like, are you guys about to tell a prayer or something?" But and then they start putting their hands together. But it was for the, it, that exact reason. It was just getting you used to just holding that position and being mm-hmm. there, being ready and and understanding so that when you got your gun up, you just naturally did that. Your hands were always going back to this place with that. Yep. Um, and so I wouldn't, you know, it's for that exact reason. It was to start implementing that, that muscle memory right away. That, that just don't even put a thought to it. Just a natural reaction to just bring everything right here into that yeah. workspace and be ready with it. And that's, and I had mentioned uh, at some point in the class too, that, you know, at home like dry firing, you know, the, the, you guys just pointed out the the laser trainer that you just got, mm-hmm. um, that muscle memory, being able to just you know that con- just do tons and tons of reps of, you know, drawing, presenting the presenting the pistol and driving out, um, you know, doing the <clears throat> hundreds and hundreds of times, you know, you'll you'll get that muscle memory and all. You don't have to think about it anymore. You'll, you'll be able to yeah. draw and present, you know, without you know, have a, have a good grip and have a good presentation every single time. It was the same within the reverse of that, you know, and I talked about it pretty heavily with you guys a little bit, you know that. Putting your putting your gun away back in the holster, you yep. know, and not having to look, just that natural, you know, knowing where your arm is going, and that just being kind of in tune with your body, you know, and having that totally, yeah, that uh, peripheral almost to be able to see what's going on on your leg without ever taking your eyes off target, and just putting that gun away, and you know, just being in control of yourself and your equipment, and you know, the weapons and things like that at all times. And I don't know if I ever said it to you guys talking about. You know, you're not an extension of the weapon. The weapon is an extension of you. It's it's a tool. You know, this yeah. is a tool, and and you know, you the hammer doesn't swing you. You swing a hammer. You know, the gun is the same thing. It it's a tool. So okay, utilize it as a tool and and manipulate it, control it, and be in mm-hmm. control of the situation at all times. Because people who aren't are the ones that end up hitting themselves on the thumb with the hammer. You know, yeah. so well, movies like John Wick make it seem like it's so easy. <laughs> and and uh, I mean, you we even had that. Um, where we went around and shook hands mm-hmm. and you were like, this is, excuse me. You're like, this is the amount of pressure you put gripping your other hand on the other side of the, yeah, the pistol that the two hand yeah. handshake. So even, even to know how much tension to put on the pistol, you know, and you're saying like, Hey, that's when you start getting the shakes. That's when, uh, you know, you're, you're, yeah. I, I can't remember a hundred percent, but the muscle fatigue, yeah, the muscle you squeeze as hard just, as you can. And, and then you get that muscle yep. fatigue is everybody thinks I've got to just squeeze this gun as yeah. tight as I can. And there's just a ton of attention to detail. It's not, you know, it isn't just point and shoot. It really right. is. Um, but then even to the fact that you built on that towards the end where now it's under stress, right? Yep. So we're, we're implementing complex things under yep. stress it all made sense why we were doing an hour of safety manipulation. Right. Because if you don't get the reps in, you don't build that muscle memory. And then we start adding additional variables to it. You resort back to old habits, bad habits, you Mm -hmm. know, and you throw all that hour long training out the window. Well, if it were 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, you throw it out the window and you go back to your old shitty ways of doing things. But by having you do that for an hour straight to just, ingrained it into you yeah. that Put I could, in that reptilian I've, brain. Yep. I do the safety, do the safety, do the safety. And mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, go. And I didn't have any issues, you know? And I, I think there was a few times I threatened you guys, you know, like Dick fucking point you. a gun at me or, you know, you, yeah. you know, yeah. you don't put your weapon on safe again. Like you know, we're going to get into a fight. Yeah. I don't really <laughs> care how big you are. I will bite your dick yeah, off to win a fight. Deal. I'll do what I got to <laughs> do, you know? So 
Um, I have know. to say, uh, I was, I was along with being, uh, just having a good time. We were thoroughly entertained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was a lot of fun out there too. You know? Yeah. It was a good time. It was a really good time. All the guys are pretty decent dudes. Yeah. Patrick yeah. Tucker was so jacked the whole week. I know. <laughs> he's like, uh, like Monday, he's like five days. He's taping his bone. Like, I know. Yeah. I think to this very tomorrow. moment, he's still jacked. You know, yeah. like, when's the next one? Oh, he's, yeah, he's like sending me pictures of them going to CCW and stuff like that yeah. and yeah. and carry concealed course. I, I think we exchange texts between each other, at, I'd say at least once a day. Yeah. Yeah. We talk yeah. about something. So he's super stoked about all of it. Yeah. I mean, he, you got a, he's got a whole What do you have hobby. to do in order to teach like a concealed carry? Cause, yeah, I mean, there's quite a few courses and certifications you have to get through. I'm I'm working through that process. I was about to say, I, was, I feel like they should just like give you. The they're like, he- oh, it's it's Ryan Chris. <laughs> just hand it to him. Well, like, I was just thinking like we were talking to Hebrew Hammer because he had just got his like a few days before we went to your guys' tactical. Oh, his CCW. Yeah, and he was talking about how it was like nothing. Like there was no training whatsoever. And, that, and, and see, I don't <laughs> want to get into teaching ccw because i think there's good money in it like yeah, yeah i think it will be a stable platform of, of steady income coming in of like yeah. it's pretty easy to hold a class almost every weekend and you're guaranteed to get students in yeah like mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna teach whether it's one person or 15 people you're gonna get people in the door if you hold a class yeah. every weekend well i mean you guys add trainers too and whatnot right and it, and then for the pricing you know because i've talked about like when once i get certified and i start teaching I'm going to be the cheapest in the area because I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the training. And I, I don't, there are a lot of people out there right now that go and get their CCW and then they never carry a gun. Yep. Why? That's fucking stupid. And they're like, well, I don't feel comfortable with it. And I didn't, (laughs) I wasn't going to get comfortable for my CCW class. We didn't do anything. We had no range time, which is what I thought my CCW class would be, which, Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Which, you know, is kind of that, common misconception from everybody that does it and it's like they're, they're not there to teach yeah. you how to shoot you, you they're a, there to teach you yeah. the laws you of what to do bit, if you shoot you get a little bit of range time just to validate, validate for them that you know how to handle your gun basically that's yeah. what the hebrew hammer said is like he shot a few rounds and they're like okay you can shoot your gun and well, then was, the rest of it yeah, was yeah, like yeah. Yeah. that was alex and i <laughs> as well that was just we went to the range and it was like shoot from 5 15 and 20 or something so like i kind of yeah and so i kind of want to loop that into my courseware of one, when we teach CCW, you're going to get a certain period of time in the classroom and then learning the laws, regulations, taking the test, and then you're going to get specific amount of time on the range. Oh, so it's so, like you can't get the CCW without the range time. You're, you're, you're saying like you'll come out of it with your CCW and actual comfort there, on your website. So I don't know. I'm As I'm learning as I go here, there's yeah. no like specific requirement. Like I, as an instructor that signs off on that certificate that you take to state patrol you know me blessing off on that if if i feel that you're unfit to carry a gun or you demonstrate to me that you don't know what the fuck you're doing and you almost kill someone standing on the range pulling your gun out firing three rounds and everybody on the range with you just feels completely unsafe by your actions you can be like yeah i'm I'm not going to give you the certificate like you you need to go get some formalized training because you have no Mm -hmm. business carrying a gun type of thing does that ever happen? No. I mean, you can get a CCW online half the time. So clearly no one gives a shit in most <laughs> aspects. But yeah. for me, you know, when we start teaching it, I want to put range time in and say, I need you to demonstrate to me that you know how to handle a gun, but I'm going to spend yeah. the next three hours with you showing you some basics and getting you comfortable with it. 
so that you can draw from your holster, fire your gun, that's, do it yeah, comfortably. That's exactly what I was going to say. And Since then, they're concealing yeah, it, showing exactly. how to get it out, yeah. back in, all that yeah. stuff. Well, I know that like even my parents who are still interested once yep. Corona kind of, if ever, uh, that was their thing too. They're like, you know, I'd go do, do this course, but I'm not even comfortable with it. Like, where am I going to, where am I going to take it where I feel like I'm right. safe? Well, and, and on confident. that, and, on, and then in that, of course, it can kind of compound a little bit to be like, all right, you've got your CCW. If you want extens- the, extended yeah, training or too. some extra training or whatever, yeah, go on the website and sign up for other classes. We do more than just CCW. Here's yeah. everything else that we offer. Or even the one-on-one like one stuff you're talking you like about. like a bundle yep. too, like CCW with your yeah, intro like, pistol hey, or whatever. Or, you know, for, you know, if, if CCW is 75 and a four-hour private lesson's, you know, 100 bucks, you know, 125, you get both, you know. Yep. You get a certificate for four-hour private lesson at a later date and, you know, you could take your CCW class and get your certificate and walk out of here. Yeah you know, that kind of discount type of thing. So that's legit. It's how you lure people in CCW right now. I'm already lured in, man. Like, I'm, <laughs> like you're like, Hey, I don't, I've got the school I got to do. I don't think we're having my courses the rest of the year. And I was like, cool. I'm depressed now. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Appreciate well, you can that. You start working on your flip and your iron cross. Oh, there we go. Yeah. That's tomorrow. Can you get me on an iron cross tomorrow? You got to come down to Lincoln. I'm going to no, Like I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> that quick. <laughs> I, you can probably learn. We can probably learn backflips. It's like I started at four, and you're like, "I'll do it tomorrow." My buddy I'll learned how to tomorrow. do backflips in like a day. I think we can learn how to do really? backflips as long as you have these. So strong this legs. is how the night ends. Several beers later, Ryan's <laughs> no. in here with one of us, teaching my, us how to control my, our home, and then I'm, <laughs> you're outside doing backflips. Our new neighbor trick when I was in college, you know, drunk backflips. Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mine, mine, I called drunk fall down. So that was my party trick. Yeah. Um, you just did it with flair. Yep. <laughs> um, do you do anything for training besides not running? <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I do run. I do do the rocks. Um, you know, you asked about mm-hmm. if I was a black belt in anything. I'm not a black belt in anything. I used to do a lot of mixed martial arts when I first was transitioning over to the guard. Uh, I was kind of found myself in a in a bad state, and uh, so I got. I would say mixed up with a buddy of mine. His name is Brian Wagner back in the day. And, and it's back before this victory fighting came out and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Omaha fight club. It yes. was completely unsanctioned. It was, I was in there. the basement of Sokol. <laughs> I used to do that too. Down at the old military thing down in the. Yeah. Yeah. But it was in the, it was like in like the that. basement of Sokol underground. It was just a cage <laughs> and it was dirty and gross. Oh. And they were just like you too. And, and uh, I got linked up with a trainer through my friend Brian, and and uh, so we trained pretty hard together, and that was all I dedicated myself to. I was like building a house, training with him, and then going to work, and that was all I did in a day. And he was like, "Just don't start drinking; it's better than drinking," you know. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna drink. I just want to fight." And I would just let this rage out of me, and I ended up going like twenty and three, I think, Jeez. in the course of like eight months. Oh my god! Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> like I, I forgot they didn't have restrictions back then. Like, yeah, there was yeah, so there was yeah, there was no restrictions uh, or anything. They were like, "You want to fight again next week?" And I was like, "Fuck it." Okay, you know, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah. it was all amateur and everything. You know, you weren't getting your yeah. name out there in any. Well, way, I'm glad but... to know you're just as deadly without. <laughs> so it makes me more comfortable. So I yeah. <laughs> So I got through that, but I did that in the course of like eight months. And so the three fights that I lost, it were actually my last three fights in a row. And my trainer was like, I think you're tired. And Sounds like, like a rough weekend. Yeah. My yeah. Tra- yeah, my trainer was like, I think you're tired. And I was like, I'm actually kind of fucking exhausted. And he was like, yeah, man, I think you should take a break. And I was like, I think I'm done. Like, 
I don't really want to do this anymore. Um, I went through something similar. I did some OFC. I can't remember how long ago it was, but I only did three fights. And then I got to the point already. I don't know how you did 20 and then three. But uh, <laughs> three, I was like, all right, this is an all or nothing thing. Either you're going to be a fighter and you're going to have to dedicate to this or why yeah. are you even doing this? And I was like, yeah, I'm done then, I guess. Yeah. And it was all, I mean, it was all amateur volunteer stuff. Exactly. Like, you want to fight tonight? You want to fight tonight? Remember, yeah. they had, they asked people from the audience if you were fighting, yeah. they didn't show up, like, who wants to fight this yeah. guy? And and that like, was, <laughs> well, and that's kind of, that's kind of how I got into it. Uh, I was, I was training with Brian and then I went there to watch Brian fight. And the dude that Brian was supposed to fight, like, or the next fight after Brian's that one of the guys like canceled out, didn't show up. And they were like, anybody want to fight? And Brian was like, get the fuck in here. And I was like, uh, all right. And I just whooped the shit out of that dude. And they were like, <laughs> and so they were like, you got to keep fighting. You should fight again. And I was like, see you next week. So oh, shit. Yeah. yeah there used to be freaking that. madness, dude. Um, any of you guys know Jeremy Horn? He's like, a sounds familiar. Uh, he was like one of the best, uh, UFC fighters. He, but, uh, he just loved fighting. Just love fighting. He's like, uh, his brother, uh, Matt Anderson owns, uh, I think it's, I can't remember the name of the gym here. It's pretty big now. It's on like 108th and Q, but he like Premier guests, Combat. Yeah, Premier Combat. Oh, so okay. it started yeah, like yeah, I've heard of that. in Florence in this old uh, pet work, uh, pet shop. We'd be in the back room and like we'd train there and stuff. But uh, Jeremy Horn, his older brother, he would literally, because there was a, you can only fight legitimately once a day or something like that yeah. in like uh, in the country or whatever so he would go state to state so he could fight multiple times in a day he'd he has like the world record for fights under his belt like as far as like sanctioned fights in like a his entire career on a ufc it's like three four hundred fights yeah and i that's that's (laughs) one thing i wish i had done differently i wish i had gotten more into it and got into like sanctioned fights instead of just like you know you just felt like fucking Russell Crowe out there, like, are you not entertained? <laughs> yeah, just, just well, he said, <laughs> once a week, dude, is once a week, dude. Yeah, I, yeah. Fuck, dude, that's that's brutal. Like, I don't think people realize, like, first off, on your body, then second off, and I mental, mean, they weren't they weren't like every week. I mean, like I said, it was over yeah. eight months, but I but mean, still, you know, you're God. still looking two or three a month. At yeah, least. that's so, not like was, professional UFCs are every three months. Yeah, just if that, that sometimes, that like, times. some of the champions they don't even realize they don't fight for almost a year. Like it's yeah. crazy. Well, I know, like, like I know one of the kids, and his name is Nate Welch, and I actually went to high school with him, and he whooped the shit out of me because he was like a capoeira type fighter, so he oh, almost yeah. looked oh, like dude. he was break dancing and shit. Yep. Uh, he kicked me in the face so fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was pissed. I actually ran into him at a training event at a school in the army, and I was like, "When the fuck did you join the army?" He was like, "Uh." probably about a year after you and i was like that's that's awesome and good for you he's like yeah you ever want to fight again i was like fuck no nope. dude <laughs> stay away from settle that score already yeah, yeah we're, we're good you win we're done <laughs> and i probably outweighed him by like 20 pounds at the time too yeah and there was, was no a, weight classes. no there was nothing <laughs> it was like sometimes this guy would like get in the ring and it was like dude I, f- I feel bad like i don't i don't want to do this and then he'd just fucking nail me uh, in the face and it was like never mind i'm gonna fucking kill you <laughs> and then there was other times where the dude would get in the ring and it was like shit like i'm gonna remember you for a long time because this is gonna hurt because he was just huge but that's so i had my i had three fights i was three and oh and then the third guy kicked me in the freaking ribs yeah. and i didn't even block it it yep. broke three of my ribs and yep. i had like this big thick black line going down my ribs and that that's when i was like all right, do you really want to do this? <laughs> I was like, uh, no. I'm like, I'm done with this stuff. I was like, 
I was working, training with uh, the Andersons and then this other guy, Chainsaw, who was like this fresh prison, this fresh <laughs> guy out of prison, yeah. just covered in tattoos, <laughs> like this short little guy. He used to fight in there all the time. Yeah, there's, I mean, there was times I woke up the next morning, like I'd come home, I'd shower and like, you know, pat bruises and stuff like that, assess myself. And then I wake up the next morning from where, and just a puddle of blood on my pillow. Oh. And I was like, oh <laughs> shit. And I like checking my face and everything. And next thing I know, I have blood falling out of my ear. And I was oh. like, oh yeah, my no. God. I mean, yeah, I was just Good getting, old brain injuries. I was just getting the shit kicked out of me. So I just, jeez, yeah, I lost those last three in a row. And yeah, I, I don't like, think anybody actually that mental wins toughness. You won like, 25 no. you know what i mean like no. you win but you well and that's why i tell that's why i tell people now like i'm never gonna fight again as a sport like if you and i are in a fight because you're genuinely mad at me and you want to cause pain like i'm gonna do everything i can to kill you because that's the only way the fight ends so yeah i just if we're fighting just prepare to die or kill me you know <laughs> it, it's you got to do one or the other because I'm walking away from this at all costs. I'm the same way in a not cool way. Cause I, <laughs> <laughs> in the sense that I'm just not naturally athletic. I'm like one of the, I, I joke around and say I'm the least athletic, strong person on the planet. Yeah. Cause I can work out like, you know, crazy, but I just didn't grow up with a ton of coordination. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can, and, which is why I like gymnastics is cause it's like, it's all about, you know, kind of my weaknesses and stuff. Right. So, in an uncool way, I'm like, yeah, I'll just stab you because <laughs> I already know yeah, <laughs> you probably it, got a better chance than I do. So. My brother is the same way. He's <laughs> I probably outweigh him by 15, 20 pounds, maybe even more than that at this point. He's shorter than me by two inches. I mean, to just see the two of us side by side, people are just like, one, he's not related to you. And two, <laughs> uh, you have to be older than him. The, the, the dynamic of us doesn't make sense, but... He's probably the only person on the face of this planet I just would not fight because he's yeah. just crazy as shit. And I, mean, I have I, a similar I, brother. I, yeah, and I watched him. I watched he's him. He came home from Iraq, and we went to a bar together, and some guy started shit with us or whatever. And my brother just pushes me out of the way, and he was like, first one's on me, and he punches himself in the face and just stares the dude down, and he was like, you're fucking move, motherfucker. And the guy was like, Jesus, you're crazy. Never mind. He was like, sorry, yeah. sorry. And my brother's like, yeah, good call, because I'd have fucking killed you. He was, yeah. He's like, I will stab you in the face. And I was like, all right, we're leaving. I, have so. the, I feel like this is like the schoolyard where you compare brothers, but <laughs> uh, Alex has known my brother for over a decade now, and Anthony's met him, but... You meet him and you shake his hand and he's like, "Oh, hey, nice to meet you." Yeah. But you know he's crazy. That's you're just my like, brother. you're like, yeah. "No." Yeah, that's my brother. No, there's something ugly in there like going yep. on. That's my he, brother in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, he he came home a lot with like glass in his ear and all, you know, getting fights and whatnot and his knuckles are all busted up. But the the one time I really saw him like <clears throat> it was a road rage incident and there was no words. He just got out of the car and just dead sprinted at a guy. And took, I was just like <laughs> Oh my God, it didn't even say anything. It was just like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this. And yeah, he's that kind of crazy person. Nice. I'm the opposite of that. I've calmed down a lot. I'm definitely not crazy. Um, but I know like when I was doing a model fight club, I had a lot of things to work out. And so I think that that's kind of sure. what kept me going, kept me alive and all oh, of yeah. that. But it's a transition period. Well, yeah. it's, cra it's crazy how like stuff like that, like it's like, it seems ugly on the outside, but like, Really, it is kind of transformational and positive. And it was. Yeah, I was. Mm -hmm. I was. I was turning a lot of things for myself around internally through yeah. that kind of, um, and simultaneously, I was. I was rebuilding a house, so it was. It was almost yeah. metaphorical in a way, you know. So. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. A, it was a huge transition in my life, and then mm -hmm. pushing into the guard and all that. Well, bringing right. it even like full circle, it's like <clears throat> the the confidence side of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you're. It seems ugly to people that don't understand it yep. to be able to confidently execute violence against another person, but 
in a way it's like you're almost a more peaceful individual. Right. You're, you're you're less dangerous in your day to day in the sense that you're more controlled. You know what I mean? Correct. Are you, are you more dangerous in the sense that you can apply violence? Of course, you know, yeah. that's part of it. But now you also have faith and confidence in yourself. I mean, I think fighting, it's the same thing with, with shooting. It's the same thing with even just being a strong person. You know what I mean? Like yeah. being athletic. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who Jordan Peterson is. All. Was, oh, yeah. yeah. So if you're, his, his, 100%. His quote, I love him. One of my favorite quote, people. A harmless man is not a good man. A good man is a very dangerous man who has it yep. voluntarily under control. Yeah. So Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life is oh, yeah, that's a great why book. I finally joined the Army. I've been This guy, Alex, uh, has known me since high school. I've been talking about it forever. And I read his book, and I was like, uh, like he's just like, you have things to do. He's, yeah. That's the one line he said that I was like, fuck, I got things to do. I called the recruiter the next day. And it was like. Yeah, it's a good book. Yeah, and just everything he talks about. I, I listen to something about him at least once a week yeah. just because. And, and it's it, the same thing. I mean, he was he's uh, not to like be a big shout out. Not that he needs the, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> he's but, got plenty of publicity. He doesn't need oh, a yeah. shout out. Yeah. But for those that don't know him, I mean, if you really are in that situation of needing to to kind of break out of your shell and, and do the things that, that scare you and do the hard shit, like it's a, yeah. it is a good resource. And like stuff like this is a way for you to actually like, you know, what's something you can do that does scare you? You know, because guns are scary for most people. Yeah, they really are. And I really think these people that are anti-gun, you know, talking Second Amendment, they're scared. They're scared. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't understand. Yep. I'm going to take your AR-4. No, sorry. Not trying to get political. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, and, yeah, and it, I don't know if you guys noticed in the tagline of the email or anything like that, but like uh, the phrase that or what's going to kind of become the company motto is that I have it on there. It's a quote and it's it's fighting as constant and war is inevitable. So stay humble. <clears throat> and, and, you know, and that's the whole intent behind that is is being in control of your environment at all time because there's always a fight to be had you know and wars come and go always and, and it is inevitable that something will turn into a war eventually you know yep. almost always and so yeah. that being in that control staying humble being aware of yourself in control of things at all times you know mm-hmm. trained dedicated and concentrated you know I, always i was listening to someone talk the other day and they made this this absurd contention that prosperity and like peace is the the natural state of man i'm like that is the most inaccurate state yeah yeah that is the most inaccurate statement of all time i've ever heard like con the 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 natural state of man is just constant fighting and war and trying to take other people's shit you're either at war with someone else or you're at war with society constantly to to tame that 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 inner beast of you know human nature and like kind of like that quote says you know society is you know good you know it's it's safe it's you know you can prosper you can be peaceful in a you know in a civilized society but you should always be able to defend and protect yourself yeah. and mm-hmm. be be a dangerous human being but have it under control and you know function in a you know civilized society yeah oh yeah my brother actually said that to me in a letter so i mean that's not a famous quote from anybody that's not something that you know he picked up from something anywhere or anything like that it was just it was his state of mind and where he was and it was just him being a big brother to me in mm-hmm. a letter from when he was overseas and he just said listen man you know if nothing else just just be who you are be humble be yeah. be ready be trained and you know stay disciplined we both grew up military kids and you know he, you know just be the best you you can be and always train to be better than what you are and, and you know and always seek to be better for everyone else around you and rise people up together and whatever. And, you know, at the end of the day, just remember fighting is constant and war is inevitable. Yeah. And, and you can't avoid it. So you'll just, 
prepare for it, you know? And mm-hmm. so I added that stay humble to it, you know, because I think it's so important to just have that concentration and dedication and just mm-hmm. be humbly ready at all times, you know? Well, I think yeah. that humble part also keeps it so that you keep training, like you said, and everything yep. like that too. Yep. Don't ever feel well, like understand that. Yeah. I like, mean, under, yeah, yeah, understand that I feel like fully you know everything. Yeah. you're not an expert, you know, you're, we're, we're not the best there is out there. There's, there's always going to be a better shooter. There's always going to be someone stronger. There's always going to be someone faster, you know, it, remember that keep that humility stay humble in that sense and know that you can you can lose you know you're on a streak of 20 fights and then you lose three in a row and yeah. Yeah. So yeah you're fucking tired you're done you know there's better people out there so keep that humility or you're, you're gonna get yourself killed you know that's where mm-hmm. you fail so yeah so we stand behind that i dig it goes tactician the culture and everything yeah it's legit i mean i think that makes a difference for people is that you guys are the real deal you know what i mean we try to be <laughs> There's, yeah. there's a, yeah, stay humble. There's a, <laughs> I think there's, I think there's plenty of people who probably come out and try and offer what you're offering, but you know, they're not giving it from that experience standpoint or even just like your philosophy on everything, you know, because yeah. it shines through. I mean, I, everything you just said, like I understood through your actions ahead of time. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's explained by just how you guys run everything. So not only that, but like you guys have applied this in real life scenarios like all over the world so you know i think that goes a long way for most people it's the same thing like in our training you know like mm-hmm. when we're discussing like how to go about something if we don't if we haven't practiced it most people don't take it for what it is to take yeah. it at face value yep and i know just for our audience too like you know like if we were fat slobs telling people how to be fit <laughs> they'd probably like uh yeah yeah but even for our audience, you know, like people that aren't always confident or always, you know, really able to pursue stuff, like just being able to hear that, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, this is the real deal. Like the shit goes bad sometimes and you got to face it and you got to be in front of it, you know? Yeah. So here's a way to train towards it. You know, because Jordan Peterson, he's like, bad times are coming for yeah. you, whether you like it or not. You know, war is inevitable. I mean, it's the truth. Internal wars are inevitable. It's all yeah, I'd also I'd also add in that point is that you know train your train your brain. You know, be be mentally fit as well. Be mentally tough. Yep. And you know, learn and educate yourself. It's like that. Uh, Jordan Peterson's book, that Twelve Ways for Life, is mm-hmm. you know huge. You know, you know, it's he's even mentioned it in you know speeches and tours and that kind of stuff. That because of that book, he's had multiple and you know dozens and hundreds of people come like, hey, your book changed my life. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. It you know you got to be mentally tough and mentally ready and you know, the smarter you can be, maybe you can avoid that fight too. So yep. um, <clears throat> definitely educate your brain too. And what, what an appropriate force he was in the times we live in too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to, just to, I really think the times kind of brought him out as a countermeasure, you know, it's talk about responsibility. Like it is your responsibility to be safe. It is your responsibility to, to look out for your own safety and your own well being and your own personal development. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like nobody is ever, you can't ever be given that by anything. Right. No institution in the world is going to be able to give you that. Right. Like they can try and promise it, but that's just not going to, they're not going to come through. Like you have to do the hard yeah. work. There's a, there's a kind of, it's kind of a saying that a lot of law enforcement and military guys, you know, kind of uses, you know, no one, no one is coming to save you. It's up to us. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Whew. Man, this has been great. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I feel, uh, feel, uh, I'm all jazzed up. <laughs> What do you mean? Let's go do some backflips. <laughs> yeah, let's go do backflips right now. Yeah. Um, all right. Just to just to be easy, I don't know what our time is, but 
Oh my gosh, we beat we, we beat, beat the uh, Hebrew. We beat the Hebrew <laughs> hammer. Where are we at? We are the record. One, Almost two hours. Beat him. Beat him by two minutes now. <laughs> Encroaching yep. on some Joe Rogan time. So yeah. we are. When it, do you guys have an official launch for your website? Yeah. Or? Um, so we're working with Patrick Tucker right now. He's interviewed an, a lawyer for us that he's he's talking to. We're gonna write up a agreement between us, basically on the fifty fifty ownership. And then uh, we're actually going to branch out a second LLC from this. So we're going to keep Ghost Tactician as kind of an umbrella okay. uh, LLC. And that's going to focus more on the EPPSD side of things. And then we're going to start a second group and we'll hold off on the name until we have everything secured with trademarking and all that stuff. But okay. um, that's going to be more focused on the the combat carbine and the combat pistol and all gotcha. these tactical right. courses, things like that. So that that's kind of a shared venture between us, whereas the EPPSD side of the house is, is really mine. But gotcha. we're going to be equal owners in it. Um, he's still going to assist me in the EPPSD stuff because it is his realm of work as well. Uh, I'm just my, more diverse in teaching it. Gotcha. Uh, whereas the other side of the house, we're both you know efficient and effective in teaching and coaching and getting people through that and demonstrating it yeah and so we're going to make that kind of a, a named group that stands out as the two of us versus right now people see ghost tactician not you guys because you guys have only known it as us mm -hmm. but anybody else you know that came to previous classes things like that some of them are like who's chris damien like i thought Ryan Crumb was Ghost Tactician, you know, and he pointed that out. He's like, Ghost Tactician is you, you yeah, know. It's, it's kind of it's kind of like his moniker, like when he, when he started building rifles and you know doing some yep. some yep. stuff on Instagram, you know his you know, his training, he like he is the Ghost Tactician, so that's yeah. kind of his moniker. And um, again, he's like like who's this guy? Like so <laughs> yeah. we're, we're we're kind of branching out, and yeah. that way you know it, brand it, both of you, yeah, it, brand, it brands both of us, and you know it helps that we we both get an equal say in kind of like the. Uh, the design concepts of like logos and you know you know merchandise and that kind of stuff and yeah we so. built a logo for the second name already and we'll show you guys off of here and okay I'll tell you all about it and stuff but we're kind of waiting to release it like I said we're working with Pat Tucker on the lawyer and all that stuff we're gonna finalize kind of the LLC stuff and the trademarking and all that hopefully by this end of this year and then we're looking at launching the website you know sometime by end of January maybe mid February okay. 2021 and then we hope to start launching classes pretty hard going in march sweet awesome. i was gonna uh, ask like first, yeah, first day for classes yeah we'd kind of like to start doing almost every weekend um minus drill yeah. weekends things like that but so five ten years out are you looking for like static facilities indoor facilities kind of stuff what's the what's like the big kind of dream uh mm. land we need land we want to we want to have a place to call our own because one thing that uh, we do like right now, we, we rent the property from two individual landowners mm -hmm. and we kind of give them a percentage of what we make per shooter. And, uh, and so it's nice. They work with us and it's, you know, it's great. Uh, th th we work out deals and everything that we do, you know, all of this has been financed completely out of pocket. You know, we've not taken out a loan and anything like that. Uh, we've kind of just, charged people for the time and the and the service and things like that and then we take the money we turn around we've you know we've made almost no profit today because we've not we never got into it for the profit we got into it for the sake of yeah we want to be able to buy cool shit and write yeah. it off we want to be able to <laughs> buy guns and teach people and shoot and whatever and you know we're not we both have good stable jobs you know we both work full time we have good salaries um we're not worried about making you know becoming millionaires from this eventually we'd like to start 
working towards growing this and this being our primary source of income and gotcha. cut everything out, but we're not looking to be millionaires, you know, once that, yeah, once that military that, like, retirement starts rolling. Yeah, in. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just that cushion. But you know, we're not looking to be millionaires. We're looking to bring something to the community and, not, and, and instill it in Nebraska, yeah. you know? And so better than being a millionaire is, you know, making a living off the thing you like to do. Right. Yeah. And so that's mm-hmm. what we want. We want land. We want to be able to have like a bunkhouse, you know? So like, Hey, we're going to offer this week long training course. Yeah, we'll house cool. you. We'll feed you. We'll, you know, no All mask the training mandate. is right here. What's guys, that? <laughs> no mask mandate. Yeah, no mask mandate. You guys ever seen that uh, Seal Fit stuff by? Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, but he like does like pretty much tries to do like one week of like seals training. Mark Devine. Yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. freaking oh, really took, good like, books. Took too. a bunch of CrossFitters through it once time. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, he's got a book called Unbeatable Mind that was pretty interesting. Good. The yeah, only so. CrossFitter that completed was actually the strongman CrossFitter Rob Orlando. Really. He's like well, the they, they start one. with a 45 minute plank. He looks kind of like Chris here. He's just it's jacked out of his mind, but he can beat <laughs> everyone else there because he's just a strong man training. People just look at you all jacked and they're like, you're like, yeah, and I know how to use a gun. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool though. And then Ryan shows up with throwing knives. <laughs> like a week course where you just stay there and like you guys have like a little. I want you guys on my real life in. D&D team. That's <laughs> the real life D&D. The real life Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. So you're a monk, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, like you, you just you were about to bring it up, uh, being able to have like you know like a bunkhouse and actually be able to yeah. you know house like and house people and uh, that way they can stay and not have to no drive back and forth. We legit well. want like a body of water on the land so that we can do like I don't I mean can you say you've ever shot from a boat before? No. Nope. Yeah. So no we've comment. done we've done zodiac training <laughs> in the military and like. Oh, have, had, have had to train engaging the enemy from a zodiac on a river like trying to get to a bank of land and engage targets and things like that so we're like, as, as someone kind of cool almost, to teach people that one might be difficult as someone who was almost arrested for shooting lots of lead into a river well that's why we see yeah, private land private with like land, a ma- yeah. like a man-made body of water oh, on it, like you. a pond or something where like all right you're just gonna float from this end to this yeah. end but while floating you're gonna engage these targets type of thing that's you know, cool. they, I, th- I think that'd be awesome because yeah. then it's like a vacation for somebody. Yeah, I think there are a lot of vacation times that are just spent kind of boring. Him and I were even talking, and his family's got a cabin, and there's this pretty solid mansion with like a sweet barn on it, too. We're like, oh, Man, if we yeah, could turn that into like a fitness B&B, you know, people come down for a week. We were even talking about having Patrick Tucker in on it, like, and everybody's coaching on their own specific like yeah. expertises, yeah. you know, yeah. that'd be something pretty legit yeah, that'd be awesome that's kind of where we want to go with it we want to just have almost yeah. like a training compound slash facility type thing where we can just kind of house and culminate everything and just it'd be a one-stop shop we want us five to ten year plan i mean we also want a uh, ffl yeah. so i want a dedicated brick and mortar location where i'm building the custom rifles and we're selling the parts and things like that selling guns whatever nice. so because right. I definitely, you know, you guys saw firsthand. You come in, you try all these different guns, and you're like, oh, yeah. I want one of these. And what was that short one? No, it called? wasn't just one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Val Kilmer. The Val yeah. Kilmer, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I watched the, the bank robber. <laughs> I, had a, I had a buddy over uh, who was here. He's part of the MP. I wasn't allowed bat, to touch that and, one because uh, I would break it. I'm in my room, and I get that text from you, and he's crashing on my couch. He's like, what the f- what the fuck is he listening to? It's just that whole gunfight from that movie. <laughs> Something ridiculous. What's the movie called again? Heat. 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 Yeah. Never seen. Dude, you know me in movies, man. It's I've never seen classic. That. But well, you've right. seen movies. You just haven't seen classic ones. Yeah, so that's like why. Yeah. That's why I dedicated. <laughs> that's why I dedicated a whole rifle to. 
Calling it the Val Kilmer. That's awesome. It does look like him. All right, nerdy <laughs> shit. What games do you guys play? <laughs> Anything? No, of course not. Nothing? Nah, not I, really. So I, at one point, owned like a PlayStation 3. Okay. That I don't even know where it's, it's at anymore. 10 fucking years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where it's at anymore. Um, I have a PS4 for the sake of the Blu-ray player. I watched The Mandalorian. <laughs> Does that count as nerdy stuff? No. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it yet. That's good enough. Star Wars. I literally got Disney Plus j- only to watch the Mandalorian. Yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. All the Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah, that's nerdy. Like, yeah. like I like we'll some bring like, you into our culture, quote unquote too. nerdy <laughs> stuff. Like, like the, the new Star Trek movies are good. Um, yeah, I watch. All, I've seen all the Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. I, I, I oh my I god! Like, so Lord of the Rings. I read those books. All right. See, I knew it was there. Three somewhere. or four times a summer, every summer from like shit. fifth grade until I graduated. <laughs> okay, yeah, so. the same story, man. Once, yeah. once a year. I wasn't that dedicated. Oh, no, <laughs> I, would, I would, I would like end the whole series, and then it's like I'm gonna start Dude, over. I've seen, the, mo- the, <laughs> I've seen the movies, never read the books though. Yeah. Were you disappointed Tom Bombadil wasn't in the movies? I don't talk about it. Yeah, I was upset. Too. Dude, so, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> every real Lord of the Rings. Fan I couldn't feels get the through way. the first Lord of the Rings book. I got The Hobbit, and I was like, this is fucking awesome. And I tried reading the first Lord of the Rings, like, this is boring as shit. And I put it down and never read it again. So when Lord, <laughs> Lord of the Rings first came out, like, what, 2001? And I decided I, I wasn't going to read The I get Hobbit so much shit because for they it. were already talking about making the movie for it. Yeah. Because I was a wee lad. Yeah. And then, yeah, it came out. I actually read The Hobbit in basic training. I snuck it in. And that got pa- <laughs> and it had, listen, like, ten bookmarks in it at and, any given time because it got passed around to everyone. It was and the listen, book. comparatively, Two Towers is fucking boring. Yeah. Okay. But... You gotta, yeah, but you got to get to like Return of the King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, <laughs> I know I that because I saw it. the movies and I was like, <laughs> I should read the books too. And that's yeah. when I started. And the Hobbit is so good because it's so much condensed into that one book. You're like, hell yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! And then like oh, the rest yeah. of them obviously are spread out through those three big ass books. Like this, I think it's technically boring. six too because each one is yeah. two. Yeah. Books. Well, and that's what yeah. kills me is when they made the movies and people are like, it's such a long movie, and I'm like, if they followed the book correctly, yeah, these <laughs> movies should be like seven years long. Like, yeah, are you shitting me? So, oh yeah, it'd be insane. Well, because it's like. It's like Frodo is 55 when they finally leave. Yeah. And it's not like they skip a year. <laughs> like yeah. they're not like 12 years later. Frodo's 55 and what? When they When they go on the yeah, when they go on their on They the actually go on the journey to return the ring. So he's when Gandalf's five years gone, old. Yeah, so it's uh he's it's his 33rd birthday. So he's not like a 13-year-old boy like No. No. Like, that's the, just how like where it starts like. off, he's like 33 years old. Yeah, cuz it's his 33rd birthday, which is when hobbits come to age. It took him you know, 20 you'll, years you'll to learn. get the Mordor. We'll okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but uh, yeah, and then he's like, oh, years shit, the, the ring. Mortar? What's that? It took him 22 years to get to Mordor? No, it took him 22 years to step off towards Yeah, because Mordor. Gandalf leaves for like 13 years, and then he comes back. He's like, you stopped the ring? He's like, yeah. And he's like, all right, I'm leaving again. And then like, it's fucking more time. <laughs> yeah. And then he like ends up selling the house and like buys buys a house on the other side of the Shire. And Man, you really there's do a whole draw real some dork deal. out of us. That's... That's crazy. Good for you. What's that? Yeah, I so said you really drew the nerd out. Like, oh yeah, yeah you found it. <laughs> you you found it. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, other than other than movies, though, like yeah, I'm not. I'm not too big into nerdy things. My no. son plays a lot of Xbox, and and so by default of that, I was always trying to get him into like my world a little bit. So it was like best gotcha. I could do is like here's Call of Duty, next one to come out, yeah. and of course by default I'd play some of them, and then there was like. Uh, Badlands. I don't remember what it was. The, oh, not Call of Duty, but it was like, Badlands. Yeah, there's a there's Badlands game. Badlands there's two, one and two right now. I think. Well, mm-hmm. and there's Al. You played Badlands. No, what's the what's the one? 
Fortnite. Borderlands. Well, Fortnite. what's what's the one where uh, you're like a spec ops team down in Mexico killing cartel and all that? Is that Rainbow? Rainbow, Rainbow? Yeah, it's Rainbow. one of the Rainbow games. But I don't remember which, what it's called. Rainbow Six. Siege. Siege. No. I think there was a Badlands. I don't remember. And there's so many of those first-person shooters now. Yeah, I don't. Anyway, yeah. but it. I mean, I I played all those with him and everything, and then I like there were times where he's at his mom's house for the week, and I was like, well, I'm gonna finish playing it, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I so I, I definitely got into that, but it's like I beat the game, and then after that, it, you know, he's like, oh, I'm gonna play this again so I can unlock whatever, whatever, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm done. Like right. the game is defeated, so I'm out. The game know, is so. defeated. <laughs> <laughs> it's been defeated. That's a great way to put that. So. Uh, so oh, any uh, I know we already gave us a time frame for your launch. That was March, March, March. Yeah. March. yeah. So the March. website, the we bought, we bought a dot com and a bot and a dot net for Ghost Tactician. We're gonna umbrella the under the other LLCs underneath it, and then we'll cool. we'll launch the website. We actually met with a guy that's kind of a videographer. videographer. Yeah. yeah. So he's got pretty cool ideas and stuff, and a lot of equipment for getting video content, you know, commercials type stuff, and. Dig helping it. us build the website up and everything because if you need actors <laughs> to shoot live rounds we might so we talked about actually going out to the range itself because one thing we never even thought of and he brought it up and we we're like damn that's a good idea he's like do you guys actually have like pictures and video of just the training site itself and he was like we should go out and stage it put up targets and barricades and all that stuff and like show what the actual training site is and he's like fuck i never thought of that so you know it's like yeah it's little <laughs> stuff like that where we're kind of appreciative of everybody we're getting linked up with that's oh, yeah. helping us kind of bring it all together and so yeah we're hoping cool. to be completely live and like i said late january early february and then start yeah. just where can they follow you guys and tell then yeah uh so i'm on instagram right now as ghost underscore tactician and then um chris so my my personal, I don't have a, we haven't linked to the other one, the, the new one yet, uh, right? Um, I, I'm just Chris underscore Damian one. But if you want to follow some uh, some tumbling and gymnastics type stuff, it's Coach dot Chris Damian. Yep. Uh, yep. So that's his coaching yeah. page, and then first of his name. It's a Game of Thrones reference. We'll get you there. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, eventually we'll. I've seen Game of Thrones. Oh really? Yeah, I've seen all. Oh shit! Sure, why didn't yeah. you say that? Because that's not really a nerdy. Well, you thing. know, oh, it's like that's not, you that's know almost, nothing, really John. Not, so that's like a cultural Game, thing Game of now. Game of Thrones it. is like pop culture now. Yeah, nerdy stuff's pop culture now. Look at yeah. Marvel. I've never seen. I've never read the books. I mean, the books are. I uh, oh, go back yeah. and nerdy like. Uh, I haven't read the books. What's okay, well, if you bring up Fire and Ice or whatever. But yeah, Game of Thrones is yeah, another good reason to have Disney Plus. All boobs Plus. and violence, so it's pretty all great. All the Marvel movies. What's that? That's another good reason to have Disney Plus. All the Marvel, Marvel movies. movies. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your guy or gal? No judgment. Who's your favorite superhero? I mean, I basically am Captain America. I don't. That's America's ass. Captain America's ass. Captain America's douche. I hate. Captain no, America. I really. I've always really liked Hawkeye. Right, he's probably my favorite one. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm either Iron Man or Thor. Those are my two guys. Iron Man's my guy. Yeah, I, I love, like. I, I want to be Captain America, but I know I love Thor. So much my uh, Chris Hemsworth is my yeah. epitome of man. He's got a new app too, like a fitness kind of thing. Really? Yeah. yeah. My fiance and I went to visit family, her family out in Colorado, and her dad's out back. He has his target set up, and he's got a uh, like a compound bow. Yeah. Um, and so he's standing out there and he's shooting this, and you know he's. 
I'd, I'd never touched one in my life, never picked one up or anything. And so I walk out there and I was like, Bob, what you doing? Yeah. He's like, uh, see if I still got it. And he's older now and everything. And so it doesn't come as easily to him. And so, uh, he's, t- he's talking me through it. And as he's explaining it, I'm, I'm relating it automatically back to guns and stuff. And he's like, you want to pull it to your cheek and just kind of let it release naturally and everything. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I would just think like what I'm looking at is what it's going for and I should let mm-hmm. it release naturally kind of like a trigger squeeze. You know, it should, it should surprise you. It should go off, you know, as a surprise, you should never anticipate it, whatever. So he's kind of talking me through this and everything. And so he's got this target out there <clears> with <throat> multiple little black holes on it for target reference points. And, uh, hands me the bow and everything and i said yeah do you mind if i try and he's like yeah go for it so he's talking me through the you know the draw and everything like that and so i give it a shot and uh, he goes is that what you're aiming at and i was like yeah that's that's what i was looking for and he goes okay hit this one so i draw another one and i hit exactly what he tells me to and he's like hit this one and I, so i i do it again and he's like jesus christ and so you know, girlfriend girlfriend walks out and she's like hey what are you two boys doing you know what's going on and he's like a well, fucking hawkeye over here is just uh, showing me up right now on my own bow and arrow and so, well now i'm learning bow and arrow to add your skill set too i learned throwing <laughs> knives and now it's bow and arrow, well because so. of that after that i i was obsessed because the girlfriend has a, a long like a recurve a longbow oh, mm-hmm. and so um How good I, your girlfriend's deadly yeah so i yeah. was trying hers. she's a good shooter she's a lefty and so i was trying hers and after that, I was like, well, I'm obsessed. So her dad took me down to this shop and I bought my own bow and everything like that. And so <laughs> I fell in love with it immediately. And he was That's like, awesome. yeah, so, you know, he asked, he's like, well, when's the last time you shot? I was like, I've never done this before. And he's like, get the fuck out of my house. You know, like, cool. you gotta be shitting me. That's awesome. So I don't know if it comes to shooting, it just comes very naturally to me. And yeah. So yeah, clearly, I yeah. just, I just like, yeah, I'd say Hawkeye's my guy. I get him. Cool. Hawkeye and then Iron Man slash Thor. Yeah. I mean, he, Iron Thor. I mean, look at him. Yeah, <laughs> Thor just makes sense, you know. Yeah. Thor does make sense. I'll see it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah, hey, he's a little bit taller. If you're just a little <laughs> bit taller, yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Seriously, yeah, thank thanks you. For thanks for having us. us. Yeah. This is awesome. Very awesome. And uh, you can catch Anthony and I, Coach Anthony at the Fit AF, Coach Adam at thefitaf.com. Um, yeah, check us out. You guys know the drill, but check these guys out too. Ghost oh, yeah. underscore tactician website is gonna be what. Uh, ghosttactician.com ghosttactician.com or dot net yep. so yeah yep. cool alright I think we're calling it we finally yep. made it outro music do you guys want to join us <laughs> no should we the music we doing <laughs> whatever you want it's just a free for all to wait f- until they get a few more beers alright yeah. Yeah. yeah no outro music too <laughs> guys alright love all right. you folks thank you bye Claire.